mic check one two one two i devoted my whole life to rocking mics getting crowds lifted put my pants on back because i wanted to be different crisscross for your ass right there i don't know shit rest in peace to chris Which, kelly yes this is a sound test i'm not shooting nobody Nigga, uh, roll me your mic and let me smoke it till I The have. gods are watching. All right, man, you ready? I'm ready, dog. The gods are watching. J R A away. Look, other side. Is a little Soul. Can you take my lows? Can you get me high? I can't feel no more. Look, running away for like way too long. Packing away for like way too long. Paving away for my niggas to get on. Fucking on the bitch from the back, no thong. Never been a lick, don't hit my phone. Smoking on gas, boy, this is strong. Probably with my eyes on, don't keep calm. And I'm ready for the rapture. Six shit, don't call your pastor. Wonder if we die. It's Colin Deo. Random nigga I found on SoundCloud. I fuck with the beat. I hit him up like, no Could I please play your music? <laughs> he was excited to say yes. <laughs> that nigga definitely say yes. Said, he, said, go ahead, play my shit. I tune in. Colin Dale. C-A-L-L-E-N-D-A-Y-O I hope I'm saying that shit right I'm like, yo, how, how the fuck you say your name? Is it Colin Dayo? Is it Colin? <laughs> now I was just showing love Yes, they do. I know this for a fact. Just showing love. But now we're going to get to my shit. Gonna be alright, uh Job, ho, ho, ho The gods are I'm watching with the Grim Reaper The gods are watching play it safe, so I ride with my heater Tug a war with the devil for my soul He can't keep it desensitized from seeing people die for no reason Hold on, stop I don't know, if anybody follow me Y'all niggas been seeing me ranting and raving about this fucking song all week Yeah Bro I don't know what it is about this song that's hitting me as hard as it is, but my God, bro. Um, I hit up Eli, which is the producer of this beat. This is Chavis Chandler's Summertime. I hit up Eli uh, about the, the producer who did this beat, and I'm like, bro, I don't, you know, I don't want nothing. I just came to let you know that something's wrong with you. <laughs> 
Nigga like what? Like yeah bro This summertime shit Like Something's wrong with you I yeah. can't say the word That I want to say Because it's 2019 The R word yeah, Somebody <laughs> might be offended I yeah. definitely told him He lost him. his marbles on that joint I said that joint I said that shit like Three times to him Cause like when you hear that dog, It's like That snare It's like you know dog, You got a dope beat It's like when you go For like a snare That nobody's really using And that bitch is just It just fit in the pocket It just fits Every time Like That's how Yeah that's right That's how you know You got some shit Listen to this shit man Hold up Shout out to Travis Chandler man So I ride with my heater, tug of war with the devil for my soul. He can't keep it desensitized from seeing people die for no reason. I ride for mine, same one that y'all would call a heathen. Y'all plan was to compromise. What the fuck was y'all thinking? More like off with their heads, bitches. It could buy season. It's a rap. No hijab, bitch. This how I see it. My sisters worry about me and my baby mama too. Plus my mama, even though we not speaking, I can't forget you. Uh, I got a quick temper. I'm worried about me too. It's like a full time job, not to end up on the news. Pray. For me. Summer, summer, summer time. Oh, my God. 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 Oh man, I already knew this nigga could sing. I was a fan of Travis Channel when he dropped uh Dark Skin Jermaine back in like 2014. It's been like four or five years at this point. I was a fan then. Um I was banging that for a minute. But this is some whole other level shit. Anybody like I know a few niggas that know Travis. I know a few niggas that follow Travis like I do, and you can just see the growth. Like, I don't know where he been, what he been through. I kinda know, but I kinda don't know. Like Mm-hmm. What was what inspired his his transcending? Because he definitely went up a level on you niggas. Like his music is on a whole other level than it was four years ago. Probably locked in. Yeah, man. I wasn't hip though. I uh, cause I stopped listening to him. Just you know, you just go through phases and shit. I just stopped listening, and then the other day I was just riding. Like I wonder what this nigga been up to. Searched him. I heard fuck Black History Month because I played that last week, but that was just a one off. Right. So I just went to YouTube and started searching. Like, bro, what this nigga been up to? And summertime came up. I seen Eli name. I know kind. I don't know him, but I kind of know him a little bit. We follow each other and shit, and we talk every now and then. But I'm like, oh, this shit already gonna be fire. Came on, like this is one of my favorite songs, dog. I don't know what it is. Summertime, and then it's like I understand what he's talking about because I'm from Detroit. This nigga's like summer, summer, summertime. In Detroit, pray I survive. Simple as that. But we know what that means. We know what that means. I just heard it was like 14 shootings in like I'm, the past four days. As soon as you get warm, baby. As soon yeah. as you get warm. He ain't lying. People yeah. know what it is when the summer hit. Yes, they do. It gets Bodies hot out. Bodies dropping. It's bad. Detroit is a unique place because it is... I, I never understood this, how a place can simultaneously have the climate to where we can get up to like 105 degrees 
and also be negative 20 below right in the wintertime we have the worst of both extremes you know what i'm saying like i don't understand that shit but yeah man this is my shit uh what's good man what's good how what you, up though man how you I'm, doing, bro? I'm, I'm feeling good we in here holding it down yes we are as always i appreciate you no doubt let's get it let's get it for sure um I have not stopped moving in two fucking weeks, dog. Boy, been working, man. Studio looking a little different. Yes, it is. Piece yeah. by piece. Piece by piece. Yep. Come back in a year or come back in a few months and you will look back like, damn, this shit look way different than if it did the first time. Yeah. Um, I ran around all yesterday. I didn't stop moving. I ran around. I got up, probably got out the house like two o'clock, went straight to Home Depot. I was looking for the screws that we just used to put that in. I couldn't find the screws. Dang. Like. These are like some specialty screws specifically for audio racks. For anybody who don't know what I'm talking about, I just bought me a sidecar for my um, rack-mounted equipment, 19-inch rack equipment. Um, Y'all niggas know like the interfaces, the power conditioners, the compressors, the things that be in the the racks and shit on the studio. I bought a sidecar so I could mount my stuff and get it off my desk or get a little cleaner look. And uh, I didn't know that the shit didn't come with screws. I got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking like I'm gonna open this power condition. It's gonna come with four screws so I can mount it. No, you have to. All that. You have to find these weird ass screws yourself. So I went online, looked it up. Like what? What the fuck is the measurement of these screws? What do I need? Went to Home Depot. They did not have them. Went to another Home Depot. They did not have them. Then I was like, bro, why the fuck didn't I just ask Guitar Center? Right. Like six hours later, like eight. It's like eight thirty. They close at nine o'clock. I'm calling. Um, Guitar Center in Allen Park They like yeah we got it We got one bag left I'm like bet I'll be up there in 20 minutes One bag of screws The only one left I went up there and got it But it was a Lowe's next door So mind you It's like 9 o'clock now My homie like He with me He running around with me all day Helping me He like Shit let's go on Lowe's And see if they got the same screws Home Depot ain't have it But maybe they don't have them I'm like man Alright So we go in there And we find a hundred of them bitches for six dollars when guitar centers charged me six dollars for twenty five of them. <laughs> like, uh, you knew they was gonna get off. <laughs> so I got hella screws for my rack, you know. But uh, running around yesterday, I went to see Wonder Woman. Well, I said Wonder Woman. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Captain Same Marvel. shit, dog. <laughs> right, I believe. Dog. And I wanted to check that shit out, man. But I, I hadn't really heard anything. I felt like it was one of those Marvel movies that's kind of safe. You yes. know, you got the female lead in there, Caucasian female lead. And <laughs> you just kind of know where it's going to go. She's supposed to be powerful and beat Thanos, all that shit. So you, whatever. You are correct. Yeah. It was very safe. And I didn't really like it. You didn't like it? Man, I, it was all right. I, I figured the uh, the CGI and shit was probably off the charts. Oh, yeah. It was it was beautiful. Did it Did it get bad? Like, did the CGI get bad at the, the end, like no. at Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I know what you're talking about, too. But no. It, it was it was a beautiful movie, but it was white Caucasian lady. You just get tired of seeing that world. shit. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, how the fuck she say the world? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm we, saying? <laughs> we was talking about how, like, when you left out of seeing the Infinity War movie, like, you kind of were sad. Like, right. Like, niggas is dead. Mm-hmm. Black Panther was sort of darker. This movie was very lighthearted. And, um, I'm not, I don't know. I think I'm past that. I believe it. It was all right. I heard it was all right too, and then that's exactly how I felt. Like it was just, it was all right. It wasn't terrible. I saw on like Rotten Tomatoes, it had like a sixty something percent. Um, Did it really? And like a seventy nine percent from like the fans, but the critics gave it like a sixty something percent. 
And I felt like it was probably accurate. I I might check that shit out. I, I might not. I don't know. We went. Yeah, it was okay. It was, something to do. Yeah, something to do. You got to get out the house. It ain't much. It ain't much to do in Detroit anyway. <laughs> right. So. Well, yeah, man. It was straight. Uh, I'm excited for this end game, Infinity War Part Two, basically. Um, I also saw the trailer for that Dark Phoenix, the X-Men movie. I don't really like the way that shit looked, but I'm probably going to see it anyway. Um, yeah, it looked like they might uh, like they might get it right. I I wish that they would drop a a, a dog-ass Gambit movie. Like bro, I would like to see Gambit come on, man. in action. We've been waiting on that since. Forever. forever Not no goddamn Captain, Captain Marvel, y'all. Come on now. Let's be real. <laughs> Yeah, they fucking up with, with Gambit. I, they put him in one of the movies. Uh, it was terrible. They put him in like... Uh, I didn't even see it. They put him in one of yeah one of them X-Men movies. It was terrible. And I think they were talking about doing a Gambit movie with Channing Tatum. I don't want to fucking see Channing Tatum. Oh, He's American as fuck. I think he dropped... Did he drop out of that role? Uh, I, I don't know, but if he did, role. I'm good. I'm happy with that because, like, you know, he's just all Caucasian. Uh, Gambit is not... He's Creole. He's like Creole. Yeah. yeah. So he has that French. Yeah. That French Creole shit to him. <clears> He's <throat> from Louisiana. Yeah, man. Get that boy some. Uh... Ironically, because that's where they were in the Captain Marvel movie. They were in Louisiana. Uh-oh. That movie was very lighthearted. It was funny. Like they were kind of too funny for the for the moods. But anyway, yeah. man, I appreciate this. This uh, what do I call this? Y'all call it a smoothie. Yeah. yeah, it is definitely a smoothie. Today is uh, sponsored by uh, <laughs> Beyond Juicery. We got two smoothies in this bitch. Boy, I wish. Um, What's this? Mango? That's all the mango? mango tango. Mango tango. Yeah, you got like mango in there. You got um, that's other, all. a little coconut uh, extract and all that shit in there. I got the, um, the Alive. It's like honey. Got some kale in there. Uh, pineapple. That's the healthy boy boy? Yes, the healthy boy boy. And I got an <laughs> egg wrap with, uh, sprinted, with spinach wrap and uh, egg whites. Um, also got some tomato in there, some peppers. Uh, this nigga geez. trying to clean his, clo- his colon out. Man, you know what? <laughs> you trying to cleanse your colon. Hey, it can't be 10 piece off flats all the time from Coney. You feel me? Y'all got- <laughs> oh, oh, you a flats nigga? <laughs> I can't fuck with the flats, although I just towed some motherfucking flats up. Nah, but- flats be going hard. I really, I, I, I don't got to order all flats. I, I fuck it all up. But Man, I didn't even know you could do that shit until somebody just told me to do that. Tamika. She like, give me, tell him I want all flats. I'm like, you can't tell him that shit. She like, just say it, watch. Yeah, yo, I said it all is. flats. <laughs> I hey, didn't know you could do that. If you hit up Turkey Grill and tell him, like, if you hit up Turkey Grill Tours one eight, about an hour or two before they about to close and tell them you want, you know what I'm saying, all flats, you want the turkey basket, they will not have all flats. They'll probably give you all drums because people be coming in there ordering all their flats. Mm. <laughs> turkey Grill, if y'all know, got them big ass drums and them big ass turkey wings, man. I'm telling you, look like I look like one of your niece's arms in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this be big as hell. And I know I just got hip. Food. Yeah, I just got hip to the mac and cheese they got and the uh, yams. So that's a nice little quick I just meal. was saying yesterday I wanted some fucking yams. Yeah. Homemade, so, though. That's my shit. Yeah. Gotta have it. Um, I got a question. Yeah. So say like, like yesterday I was dropping my homie off. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, am I supposed to wait until he get in the house? Like, 
is that kind of romantic like what <laughs> what am i supposed to do like do i just pull off and be like that nigga be all right if he gets jumped in the dark like, <laughs> hey it depends bro it depends like if it's if it's if it's late maybe it, it was late as hell Maybe, you know, just hang around. Make sure you got a strap in hand. Just hang around. I definitely start pulling away. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I usually try to wait to make sure whoever get in the crib. But sometimes you do pull the fuck off. She like, fuck it. But <laughs> yeah, man, make sure y'all people get in the crib safe. Or even, hey, have them go in the crib and then flick the light. Like, even if you're down the street, you can just look at the rear view and see them <laughs> flicking the light in the back. Like, all right, I'm good. Right. But yeah, I was just wondering because I didn't know. Like, what's the etiquette? Like, do I wait here and then we wave at each other and shit? <laughs> go in the house, like... It's okay, man. It's all, it's all right to look after your bros, man. Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first. All right, so what are we talking about, man? It's a lot. It's kind of a lot of shit. I'm looking at the... I didn't think it was a lot of shit. Felt like a slow week, but it seemed like maybe it's a little shit. What we got? Um, On a lighter, lighter note, um... I believe there was an official announcement of a Meek Mill and Nipsey Hustle album, joint album. I heard somebody say that. I didn't expect a combination like that. That kind of sounds weird, but I'm curious to hear what it sounds like. To be honest, hmm. Um, Meek Mill and you Nipsey listen to Meek? Hustle. Yeah, I mean, I, he's not like a go-to artist. I respect him for his talent. Um, he do got some songs that's like they just gonna bang every time. Every time. Uh. That is an interesting combination between Nipsey and uh, Meek, but the thing I do that, that I do believe that they have in common is they both hustle, and they both got a place uh, in the heart of the streets. Like they got, you know what I'm saying? Like Nipsey comes from right, right, right. getting it on his own. Right. We saw his progression. We got videos of him 10, 12 years ago looking young as hell, talking that same shit that he's actually living now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just takes patience, kids. <laughs> uh, but And we already know Meek's situation. We seen Meek when he had the nappy-ass braids. And, you know what I'm saying? We seen him rapping on the streets. Uh, we saw him, you know, go through that, get the uh, Maybach Music uh, group deal, uh, partner with Rock Nation for management, I believe. Yep. Um, and we saw him go through his ups and downs with his career because of stuff he did um, as, a young, as a young adolescent. But... So I think from that standpoint, the streets will respect it. It's going to be interesting to see how it sounds musically, though. I, I didn't even, that. that's what all I was thinking about, because when I just saw those two names next to each other, I'm like, musically, that's weird. But I didn't even think about the fact that these niggas probably about to kill the streets with whatever they drop. Yeah, man. And Meek me can go, so he always going to bring his type of energy. Even sometimes when he be hyping, sometimes when he chill, like, he always, I feel like, give you good quality bars. You so, know what? I feel him. Yeah. When when people be like, why he always yelling? I make music and I always yell in my shit too. <laughs> because I can't help it. Like you just it, feeling you, that you shit. You know what, really though? <laughs> I think that's a Detroit thing, though. Like for sure, a lot of rappers I never thought about that project. either. Yeah. Cause I remember like when he uh it was some song, I can't remember the song, but it was some song he dropped. It had to be around 2014, 2015. And people was like it was like me. It was like Meek recorded the, <laughs> Meek recorded this song in Detroit. <laughs> like, and they was talking about like I think they said so. Like it sounded like he was rapping in the hallway or something. <laughs> 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 it was funny, but yeah, that's just I think that's a Detroit thing. 
Yeah, I never thought about that either because all these niggas definitely be yelling. Or if they ain't yelling, they definitely murdering a nigga while they calm. Yeah. But <laughs> that, I feel them like niggas be like, I was yelling because you be like, you be feeling that shit so much, you just kind of got to get into that shit. You just lose control. Man. And for those of you who listen to Chavis Chandler, that's another reason why this song, Summertime, why this song was so weird to me because he yells in his music all the time too right and i'm like this nigga calm on all three verses it was only like one or two lines where he kind of like you could hear the anger come out a little yeah like he was like i seen the hood depreciate right in front of my fucking face nigga then he got back back to his calm shit but Chavis chandler always yelling in his shit like you man know? you know what I, I i was thinking about uh back you know, just say about 2001, you know, when the rap game's a little bit more controlled. Uh, and then you had Busta. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Busta has always been animated. And he had a few songs where he was kind of chilling on it. It was a little bit laid back. It was making me think about, um, like, the one he did with Janet. Uh, and the one, uh, Patrick Varsier Part 2. And it was like I don't it was, remember part two. Yes, you do. You probably don't remember part one. Part two is the one that everybody know. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He had a, he had a part one on there. That beat was hard too to that one, but it just you it went in that tune. So, um, but yeah, man, like DMX. Yeah, DMX. Look, and this is a perfect example right here. So DMX screams and everything. Everybody knows that. But this song, this is one of my favorite DMX songs. Is it this song? Yeah, it's this song here. Watch this shit. It's probably going to be an ad, so just give me a second. Exactly how you can get Five seconds. If y'all niggas don't know this, I'm disappointed. Who dick you suck the deal? Suck my fucking dick, you bitch-ass nigga. I'm out of here, Shit, do I got to holler his name, too? Who the fuck is he? Bitch, you fucking him. Listen to this shit. Listen to how calm DMX is in this song. What the fuck? <laughs> right. DMX don't rap like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard. Like, I, I imagine it's probably hard for DMX too to like make a song and not scream because that's what he does. And that's right, how he's still yelling in the alley. Like, <laughs> right. what? <laughs> yeah, but like, it's kind of hard when you got that energy by default to turn that shit off. That's why I. Like Meek got a few songs where he be calm too, but I'm that's like a skill you gotta learn. I was just riding around yesterday, like really thinking about this. Like I gotta learn how to control myself. Like I wanna hear how I sound <laughs> with just the calm voice too. I don't think I like my calm voice so much. Yeah. I rap calm on your shit. On my first album. The bonus right, track. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I was thinking, like I know I kinda heard you not being Bending corners, was it called? Yeah, yeah bending corners. But you, yeah, you do be aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do nothing else, dog. I feel it, man. One dimensional as hell. Yeah, sometimes the track call for that. Right, right, right. And I think too, like that's what I'm saying. Like back then, it's I can't even say back then. I mean, everybody's trying to create a vibe on the track, but yeah, that was kind of different for for X to step out. But I think the game needed something like that. From X at that time, so we could be like, oh, okay. He's not one dimensional. Yeah, that's right. not what it's about. 
Right. I always look at Kendrick because Kendrick, I think he's one of the most versatile what? rappers um, as far as voice goes. Goat. Because he can scream on you or he can get on his Andre 3000 smooth shit. Or he could be on his, you know what I'm saying? He could he could do he could harmonize, harmonize he could do his Drake shit, you know what I'm saying? He could do anything. And that was like I'm like I don't really know how to do all that. Another person is game. Game can rap. He can sound like he's from New York. He can sound like he's straight from Compton. Yeah. He can he can give you a ladies track, he can give you whatever. And he could change his voice. Like he's that nigga's really dog, he's a chameleon for real. Cause remember you, you remember the song? Um, where he was rapping like Big, he got the song. I think he got the song. Where he rapping like Big and Pop, like changing his voice up to sound like them. And it's like he can. He's good with changing his voice. Like I just got one voice. I don't know how to do all that. Kendrick has a few voices. He got the alien shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's talent right there, Kendrick, bro. Man, I got, ain't nothing like riding down. Uh, I don't know what what the fuck street it was, but just being in California playing some Kendrick, man, it's like you just feel like, damn. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't do that. I don't think. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. But I no no no. I'm lying. I played I played some Ty Dollar Sign featuring Kendrick when I landed okay. in L.A. Yeah, you gotta bang some Kendrick. You gotta bang some Ty Dollar Sign. You gotta bang some uh, some Nip. Um, I definitely didn't do that. Yeah, those are like my top three rappers when I'm in fucking Cali. Like I gotta hear some of that shit. Yeah, I don't know if I heard. Like I know I had my I know I had my phone on the Bluetooth and shit, and we was in the Cadillac. I played a lot of music, but I don't remember if I played no Kendrick. I don't feel like I did, and I'm disappointed in myself now that you just said that. I had to let it, had to let it ride, man. Kendrick the goat. I gotta go back, but uh, taking me back. <laughs> uh, um, but I digress. Um, Meek and Meek and uh, Nip album should be interesting. Um, you know what we we failed to talk about, bro? What? Um. Jaden Smith is providing clean water to Flint. Flint with the uh, portable water stations. Yes, with a water station, and we failed to talk about that. And it's been like three weeks, two, three weeks now that this news came up. You're right. Um, I thought that was huge, and I also thought it was pretty weird. Not weird on his part, but weird on you niggas' parts. Cause I mean, I'm not rich, but I would imagine being from Michigan. If I was rich, that would kind of be like on the top of my docket. Right, like help the homies. Like, how much does it cost to make a portable? Not, I mean, it is portable, right? Um, he has multiple. I don't know the full details, okay. just to be honest. But I know whatever he's doing is 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 much needed. Right. And I just thought it was weird. Like, what niggas doing? Like, why y'all not following in his footsteps? Like, man, because people don't give a fuck. They're not looking at other people's problems. Man, people worry about themselves. Right. <laughs> Like, I'm not worried about the fuck going on in Flint. That's what we got city officials and all these people in office to, you know, that's their problem. People not worried about that, man. The Flint shit died down real fast because um, I remember the uproar that summer or whatever. And I mean, and I'm saying this, like, people ain't still talking about it every now and then, but, like, this, this young nigga is doing something about it, and he's not even close to being from Michigan. Right. Like, that nigga was born and raised in Cali, I think. 
So. Yeah, he do come here, or I'm not sure if he comes here. I know I do know that he's recorded some music here. Yeah, I, I saw. So maybe you know he got connected some way or yeah, some, yeah. something. Somebody probably got into his ear. Yeah. Um, that's cool though. I thought that was major. That is major. Um, but what? you're right. There's not like. Come on, Floyd. That's hot. <laughs> Where are you right? Where are you at? Where Floyd? you at, bruh? And T.I. point that out. Right, right. Yeah, you did. Ain't you from Michigan, nigga? Yeah. Like I said, people don't give a fuck. I saw uh, Floyd post a picture today with some Christian uh, Louboutin bags, like uh, in the foreground. And he, like, something like all I do is shop, unlimited shopping or some bullshit like that. Like, that's all really, that's all people really care about. It's how they look. They don't give a fuck about you can't eat today. You didn't clean up today. I don't give a shit. I don't know you. Like, you know what I'm saying? That shit is sad. People don't know people that's two, three people removed from them. Why would I give a fuck about somebody that's all these miles away? I don't care where I came from. And that's how I see it. Once I realize, like, people don't, that everybody don't have a good heart. Just because people get an abundance of money, that doesn't mean that they have to help you. I used to think that's what you had to do, like... And that's just not what it is. People can do whatever the fuck they want with their money. Segway time. Yep. I was watching Mike Tyson's documentary. It was from 2008. It popped up. This is one of my favorite people of all time. Spinal. Amongst the others like Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X's. Goat, man. I'm, Mike Tyson go. up there, I'm ready baby. to go. I'm ready to go off I the mic. I saw the documentary and what you just said reminded me of this because he's like... You know, I've seen him say things over the years. It wasn't necessarily in his documentary, but it was just like, I remember he was doing some sort of like interview slash like special, like daytime special or something where they was walking through his crib and he was like, sure, just showing off his belts. It's like this little display of like trophies and belts. Yeah, boxing and then, belts. And like, you know, you achieved all this. He's like, man, this shit don't mean nothing. Right. Don't mean nothing. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it means everything to you when you get it. But then it's like, in hindsight, it's like, this shit don't mean nothing to you or your life or none of that. He's like, I don't know. It's just like, somebody's like Mike Tyson. You don't expect such beautiful things to come out of his mouth. He's a very, very, very emotional person. And that's really the case with a lot of motherfucking killers. Like He's also intelligent. Yeah, very intelligent. Yeah, and Mike talked about how, like, you know, he was groomed to be the killer that he was. Yeah, uh, he lived a rough life, and he always said they was asking him, "Man, how'd you blow through so much money?" He was like, "Man, he's like the money doesn't mean nothing. Like you, you know, I just got this. Like I was fighting, and then like one of the next fights I got, all of a sudden I'm just making more money. <laughs> I don't give a shit about this. It's mm-hmm. fun because it's like, oh, I can do this, that, and the third. But it's like once you get it, man, it, man, Mike Tyson is so deep, bro. Yes, like, he is. He talks about how." He was prepared to be a killer in the ring, but he wasn't prepared for the success that came with being a champion. He was like, I knew I was going to be a champion, but I didn't understand the money that came with it, the responsibility that came with it, the love, the hate. So, yeah, I don't know. It's deep. Deep as hell. He was talking about, yeah, like you said, he was groomed to be who he is because of He was like... He remembers being young and he was like a fat kid and he used to get picked on. Mm-hmm. And it's like motherfuckers would come up to him like threatening him or trying to fight. And he's like, at that age, he remembers running. Yeah. But he like shit. He was, <laughs> you know what's funny, man? Because Mike Tyson, he's just a funny character. They was asking him like, when was the first time you really remember like fighting? <laughs> and just like you said, he was always teased he didn't really fight. He said, 
he used to, uh, and it made me think about the meme that people got where he holding a dove and he was like, now nah, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was saying that uh, some kids around the neighborhood found out that he used to keep these these pigeons he up used on to fly, the roof. Fly pigeons, yeah. Yep. And they went up there and like uh, ripped one of the pigeons' heads off. What the fuck? Yep. Just to fuck with him. And he said he was mad, but he was like, he was just standing there. He was just mad. And he said he heard somebody say like, kick his ass or hit him. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I just did it. And he was like, he kind of felt like, you know, that fight kind of gave him a little bit more power. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just interesting watching how like he um, describes in details and like, how he connects like his past to his 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 present to his future like mm-hmm. he's very like i don't know intuitive almost with with just i don't know the way he the way he talks about himself and talks about his experiences uh but yeah mike is is it's fun you know what else was funny man how it, it wasn't even funny but it was unfortunate like uh he was dealing with don king and now we know like don king was like uh, screwing all types of fighters Even Muhammad Ali Even Muhammad Ali I also didn't know that he had went to jail Like two times for murder or something like that mm-hmm. Beat the case because he was paying people off mm-hmm. Got out and then uh, Got uh, What's the word where they pardoned Like basically pardoned uh, Because he knew like the uh, the mayor Or something of the city uh, But uh, Mike Tyson <clears throat> Custom model was the one who trained him yep. uh, He ended up passing away And like like we said before, Mike was always in the street. He never had that guidance. So once he passed away, that left Mike open. And here we come with Don motherfucking... Uh, the pimp. The pimp. That's all you are, bro. Man, he said like Don King was selling them on all of the black power, this, that, and the third. And they went and did the uh, little black and white short with uh, uh, Spike. And you know what I'm saying? And the whole time, he shot you out of millions and millions and millions. Yep. And, he talked uh, about in this documentary, too. He said he... Stumped his ass out in the front of Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh, he stumped Don King out. Yes, he did. <laughs> did you I, see? Did you see that one interview? No. Where they were, they were like doing an interview, and he was trying to like talk to Mike, and he touched him. He was like, "Don't you fucking touch me, you piece of shit!" <laughs> and he just snatched the mic off and walked away. No. Yeah, man, it, it was crazy, man. That's one of the scariest human beings I've ever seen in my life. And then the video of him doing that little punch combination just a couple weeks ago behind you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was like at like the bar or something. I don't know where he was at. Was like he was Saturday behind the, the fucking bar. Okay. Yeah. He did a little punch combination, dog. How you 50 years old still like you can take a nigga head off his shoulders? Bruh. And you don't even fight no more. It's real. It's real. Man, I love watching Mike Tyson fights because, like, Mike to me was somebody who he knew the skill, he knew the technique, but once he got in the ring, fuck all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you would watch him sparring and shit in the back and he'd be doing all his technical shit and all mm-hmm. his footwork and turns and all of this and I'm doing... But when he get in the ring, he in the ring, he just trying to dog, blow through you, though. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rib shot coming. If the rib shot hits you, then he hitting you with an uppercut. The scariest fighter I've ever seen in my life. I and I've watched quite a few. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a low key fan of boxing. I've mm-hmm. watched, you know, I don't watch all the boxing, but I watch every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Even if I don't say nothing about it, I might just watch. Yeah, I might watch highlights. I might look up a fighter and be like, oh, "I like the way this nigga fighting," and just watch fights all day. Yeah, this is the scariest nigga I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, y'all know that because we've seen this nigga. He has the record for the quickest knockout of all time. Oh yeah, eight seconds. Yeah, bro, he's knocking your ass out. Like, 
And unfortunately, dog, <clears throat> Mike went, you know, he had a lot of legal trouble. So he had to sit out a lot of his prime years. Mm-hmm. Um, when he got out of jail for that, you know, that, that rape case. He wasn't allowed to fight, I don't think. Um, yeah, they gave his, yeah, they yeah, gave him his belt back, though. It wasn't, it wasn't too long after. Yeah. Uh, and, and he did reclaim the title. And I think that was, cause, cause just like you said earlier, where he's like, man, these titles don't mean shit. It was like, once he got out, he was motivated to get, he got out ripped. He never looked that goddamn solid before. Mm-hmm. When he got the belts. And then after that, it was just like, you could just tell he didn't really give a fuck. But that's he started what he losing said. fights. And that's what I was saying. He started losing fights. Like the Holyfield fight, one and two. He lost the, who was that he lost against? He lost to Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis, but it's somebody else. You talking the first fight he lost? Was it Buster? Yeah, the first fight he ever lost was Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas. Um, like he, he said, I mean, I, right, that was supposed to be a filler fight. That was supposed to be a fight that Mike Tyson used just to spar until he uh, fought Evander. Mm-hmm. To build Ended his up, name, yeah. yeah and um, no, not to build his name, not to build Mike's name. It was just like, well, just fight him. Just get a little practice in for you fight. What's his name? Oh. Because, like, Mike was like, man, I wasn't taking this shit serious. Like, Buster Douglas, like, ain't nobody looking at Buster Douglas about doing shit for real. Mm. Like, he respected, but he had, like, he had, like, lost, like, easy fights before. So, Mike was like, he never really, he wasn't really training on taking serious fucking all of the, uh, the, the uh, maze <laughs> yeah, and shit at the yeah. hotel. Like, he just doing him. Uh, you know what, too? And uh, a, a controversial thing in that fight, too, is Mike had knocked him down. And it was a slow count. So Mike should have won that fight. That's the same thing that just happened with... Um, with uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. And same Deontay thing. Wilder. Yep. yep, same thing. Deontay Wilder's cold. Yes, he's he not, is. He's, he, he's not as scary as Mike, but he goddamn no. scary. Yeah. Because this nigga tall as hell, and, and he punched like a motherfucking goddamn gorilla or something. Because yeah. like. his punches, like, he don't really... The same thing with him. Like, he might show a lot of technique outside the ring, then he get in the ring, and he just... Yeah, he just sort of like haymaker. Yeah, he go crazy. <laughs> he really be wrapped in his emotion. Yes, um, but I like I like seeing him fight, and I hope he win. Uh, I do think he got cheated out of that count, just like Mike did. Yeah, yep. um, unfortunately, uh, Mike got got his ass knocked out. <laughs> Mike, dog. So look, you know, a lot of these fighters, like the older fighters, like even. Um, what's my man's name with the grill, dog? <laughs> uh, with the grill. With the with the with the with the with the low fat lean lean grilling machine. What's his name, dog? Uh, George Foreman. George, George Foreman. A lot of these fighters I didn't get to see, of course, in their prime because I was a baby or I wasn't alive, right? Right. You start if you go back and look at the footage, you'd be like, God damn, these motherfuckers was huge. Yo, Evander Holyfield in that fight, especially in the second one. That nigga looked like a gladiator. Bro, what the fuck? Is the, the pecs? Is How that do your whole pecs? back look like a... <laughs> Bro, what's, what's the muscles yeah, the, that the, go the, from your neck to, to the, the middle shoulder, of your shoulder? The It's not pectorals. Pectorals is here. Yeah. Those are called... Uh, Them shits. I can't think big of the fuck. Dog, listen. I believe it was the, f- the first fight. The first punch that was thrown was a right hand by Michael Mike, uh, Mike Tyson. Dog, he came out like, boom, and Evander ate that bitch. That's how you knew. And I think that's when Mike knew he was in trouble. It was over. 
Because Mike, because I, I, man, I'm telling you, like you said, I went crazy on watching all of this shit about Mike. And Mike was like, I was trying to take his head off. Like, I tried to punch him and he ate it. And like, you could just tell Mike was just knowing like, okay, this this ain't finna be one of them. You know what I'm saying? But when dude got these big ass muscles bro, on his neck, bro, you're, he's looked, eating everything. Evander looked like a motherfucking gladiator. Yeah. Like a god. You know what? Right, Evander was six two, bro. Mike like five ten, five yeah, nine, yeah. short arms. Short, you know. It, and that's the thing. Like Mike would have to come out, and he would have to jump into you, <laughs> jump into you. But when you got somebody like Evander, who got the technique, and he's tough, and he's tall, and he got length, boy. Like George Foreman, I remember seeing George Foreman. I've only seen this nigga on George Foreman grill commercials where he's just <laughs> kind of like out of shape. You're like, this nigga was a boxer? Right. You go back and look in the 80s or whatever when he was boxing, the 70s or whatever. Bruh. Big ass fuck. Yo, so did you, uh, I know you've seen uh, Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah. Right. But did you see what uh, um, George Foreman did to Joe, uh, to Joe Fraser? Uh, probably. Oh, my goodness. Probably Bruh, I did. He beat the shit. Duh. He, <laughs> duh. Like, he literally knocked Joe Frazier down like six times. <laughs> literally. Six different occasions, dude was on his back. And they was like, it was crazy because Joe Frazier kept getting up. Uh, now, Joe Frazier is, I don't, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe he handed Muhammad Ali's first loss. Mm. I think that's Joe Frazier. Okay. So, when he beat Muhammad Ali and he got the fight with George Foreman and George Foreman destroyed him like that, they like, oh, shit. Muhammad Ali can't fuck with him. So, that was the thing. It was like, and that's what made Muhammad Ali uh, the greatest, I think, is that he, uh, he, he just had, like, good technique and he was good with his feet. And he wasn't super strong, he you know what I'm saying? Right. He wasn't a power. He wasn't a power puncher. Right. It was mind games. It was... He's going to outsmart you and he's faster than you. Right. You know, all that rope-a-dope shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was why he was scary because, I mean, don't get it wrong. He was a knockout fighter. He's not Floyd. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to win by decision. He probably going to knock your ass out every now and then. <laughs> right. But at the same time, he's going to dance around your ass and tire you out and then wait to that eighth, ninth round or something and come and give your ass the thunder. Man, that's exactly what he did with, um, with George Foreman. And George Foreman, man, he just threw haymakers. He was just, you could just tell he was just a big old bully. He didn't really have technique. Like his box, like his blocking, his way of blocking, I forgot the uh, method, but it's kind of like they just put their hands up and kind of <laughs> let you just punch through their arms and shit. Right, right, right. And that like, and it was just, when you got a fighter like that versus somebody who's so cerebral, like uh, Ali, man, carved him up. Yeah. He was too tired. Tagged that chin up, dropped him. Easy, but yeah, man, that's uh to to relate what I was talking about. We was talking about Floyd and uh, Flint and all of that. Like, I feel like Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali, they was about people. I mean, Mike Tyson was probably not as much about people as Ali was, but you could just see the beauty in Mike Tyson, like the way yeah. he speaks and the things that he find important. Yeah, you just wouldn't expect it from a nigga from New York, just like a hood nigga from New York, like yeah. Yeah, the nigga was like, I used to be breaking in the house and then going back up north training with custom, with cuss. Duh, and, it and was, on the hideout. Like it, it was funny because he met he he got linked up uh, with the whole boxing and everything because he was uh, 
in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was saying, like, the first time he had uh, went to Custom Auto House, he was like, I was looking around, and I was like, wow, this is nice. I'm going to rob it when they go to sleep. Yeah. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, he, this is his mind frame. Like, he's always in that mischievous mind frame. Like, I don't know this nigga. You I don't, right. I, nah, this lick. This is a lick. But, you know, uh, Custom Auto was, 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 was willing to give him that love that he needed and that guidance and that support. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes you need that when you somebody that's <laughs> you aggressive person, you going through a lot at home, like your own parents can't even talk to you. They don't even have their head on straight. You need people that tell you this is what you need to do. Them cornerstones. You yeah. Know? That's right. And he had it. He's a very lucky man to have come across custom model, you know. Um that's one example. Of, there you go, a white ally, bro. Because uh, I mean, he's Italian. That's kind of kind of different, but not really different to me. You know what I'm right. saying? He looked out for him and shit. Put his ass in, in the place where, because that's what, like I said, he was like, shit. I used to, you know, I used to be up there in up up upstate New York boxing. Then I go back down to the, you know, to the to the shits. Mm-hmm. Get to robbing and breaking into the motherfuckers' houses. Selling drugs on the corner with my niggas and then going back up there to hide out for a few months. But then he was like, at some point, he like, man, what am I doing this for? I love boxing. I could just do this. Right. I have the opportunity to just do this. So what am I going and putting my life in danger for and going to jail, going to county for three, four, five months at a time when I could just lock in? And that's what he did. And that's another beautiful thing about people who go through that pain, people who go through not having is that they're they're sort of in a position to not like you can give your whole life to something right you know what I'm saying it's kind of hard to do that when you have obligations you have people depending on you you have family you got you know you, you might be pulled away by other shit but Mike was like man I don't have nothing going for me right. I'm gonna just focus on learning how to be a killer right you know what I'm saying and <laughs> then and then like when you when you're impressionable and you have somebody older telling you you're going to be champion of the world. Like, all you got to do is keep doing this. He like, man, whatever. But it's, but but then he started to feed into yeah, it. Mm-hmm. So now when you start to really believe, like, wait, like, I can really be like Muhammad Ali? That was another funny thing. Because he was like, Custom Auto, he'd be training. He'd be like, you, Custom Auto would be sitting there watching him box. And he's just giving him pointers or whatever. But at the same time, he's like, you're the most beautiful fighter in the world. You you know what I'm saying? You're the greatest. Mm-hmm. You're, you're greater than all of them. He was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. This thing is just keep giving me compliments. He's like, I didn't know he was gay. He said, <laughs> he, no, the word he used was queer. He was like, I didn't know he was a queer. But he was just like, all right. Like, I'm going to just keep boxing. And then he's like, I understand. I understood after a while, like, he's just building my confidence because I didn't have any. Right. You know what I'm saying? Despite me being as big as I was and strong as I was, the mind wasn't there. Right. So he's like, here this motherfucker is sitting here stroking my ego while I'm boxing, which is brilliant. Exactly. I, I ain't never been no trainer, so I don't know. Maybe that's customary, but maybe it isn't. Like, I've never heard of that before. I think that confidence is everything. Yes. I think that's very important. And it works because once you start to really feel like, yeah, I I, I am good. Yeah. I, I can be the best. And I you, will knock any motherfucker bro, out. You unlock your true potential like that way. And that's why wow, oh we see God. him knocking everybody exactly. the fuck out on his way to his goddamn championship at 19. Youngest heavyweight ever. Bro. 19. I can grow men out. <laughs> 
grown men. Dog, what's not, the one motherfucker he knocked out had him silly? Dog, what was he, had him, he was falling all around the ring. That's what I, I was know his name, say. bro. I know his motherfucking name, I don't even know his dog. name. I, I, Trevor Burbick. I, I know you too, I think it was Trevor Burbick. No, I want Trevor. That motherfucker was getting up like, yeah, I'm all right, and then falling. Like, I, I think it was him. <laughs> that dude actually, uh, he was a weird motherfucker. He got caught up with some, uh, uh, that's a different story. He got caught up with some kids and all of this shit. Mm. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, Mike was the man, dog. I, I really enjoy like just watching his fights and watching him knock motherfuckers out and just be that and just be that nigga. And it's funny because I remember being young, uh, you know, and you just thinking like when you hear Mike Tyson, you like you kind of get nervous. Like, dang, Mike Tyson. I mean, you just think this motherfucker crazy and shit. And I just remember kind of like going back and watching some of his press uh, conferences and shit where he used to be saying crazy I'll shit. I'll fuck you in the ass till you love me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I'll eat your asshole alive. Yeah, like, what? yeah, he was tripping. He was tripping that time. That's when he was out of jail. I'll yeah. eat your children. Praise be to our Lord. <laughs> yeah, praise be to our Lord. <laughs> Bro, I don't think you can say those two sentences back to back. Nah, like. he was tripping. <laughs> Mike was tweaking, dog. I love that nigga, though, though. I swear to God. I wish that's one person I wish I could meet, like, or just sit down and talk Man, to him. Man, that's time. what was I telling you about? He got the uh, hot box sessions with uh, Mike Tyson. You be seeing that? Uh-uh. Uh huh. It'd be him and some uh, some white dude. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, they always like usually have a, a guest on or whatever. They got. I know they had like Mike Epps on there one time. They had uh, they had a few other people on there, but. Mike, it's kind of funny, though, because, like, usually we don't really, like, see Mike, like, actually how, like, doing interviews. I think, like, usually when he do interviews, he doesn't really get stoned like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, in, in, in the hot box sessions with Mike Tyson, he like, be gone. he be gone. Right? He barely be, like, responding and shit. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, usually when Mike talks, he's, like, articulate. And, mm-hmm. But it's like, man, he be out. He be no, out I like a light. I've seen that. I know he just did an interview with somebody else. I think he was on someone else's show, and they asked him about Muhammad Ali, and he was talking like this is one of the greatest. He's like he's the greatest man, you know. what I'm saying there's nobody like him. There's never been another person like him. Yeah. He started crying actually, you know. what I'm saying uh, he yeah. was. I don't know how deep his relationship with Muhammad Ali goes, but I know they knew each other because before he fought Buster Douglas or somebody, he knocked out. Die. Whoever he knocked out had beat Muhammad Ali too. So he was like, get him for me. And then he beat the shit out of whoever this was. I don't know who it was. Um, it was Trevor Burbick. That's who I think it was. Um, or Larry Hearn. It might have been Larry Holmes. That's who it was. That's who it was. That's who it was. Because Larry Holmes was the one who kind of, like, he gave Muhammad Ali one of his last losses. Like, before yeah. he stopped boxing. But, that was, sure. but, but that's when uh, Muhammad Ali was for sure, like, injected with something. So he wasn't himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what that was. And yeah, like before the fight, Muhammad Ali told him like, get him. Yeah. He beat the fuck out of uh, Larry yeah, Holmes. Yeah. But yeah, he started crying, man. So, you know, I guess his love for Muhammad Ali is deep. Um, as it is for me too. Got a know? lot of respect for that, man. You got to, you can't, you can't have nothing else. Muhammad Ali went out there and beat motherfuckers and talked shit and rapped. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Like he was damn near rapping. Yes, he was. Like, talk, like he's giving us a show, and then he's going out there and competing and beating people. That's what we want to see. Sold a fight like nobody ever. Sold the fight, and he's and he's out there speaking for black people. I didn't understand the art of selling a fight until recently. I think right. because I was like, I was really convinced that. Um, Ty- what's the name? Hated Tyson Fury. What's his name? Well, I can't think of his name. 
I keep wanting to Wilder. say that, Wilder. Deontay Wilder. I keep wanting to say Bronze Bomber because that's his IG. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like I was really convinced that he really hated this nigga. And then when the fight was over, they was just like, "Man, I love you, man. It was a great fight, man. I appreciate you and all that." Like, <laughs> cause what? Cause what else? <laughs> Hold up, dog. Did you see that clip? Did I ever see you that clip with Deontay Wilder was fighting this other black dude with dreads? Yo, listen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. every time I see this shit, <laughs> you just said that I to me. I laugh because he like. uh None of y'all gonna stop yeah, me. He's not gonna stop me. None of the, he wanted to say none of these niggas, yeah, but he was but like, none of these gonna stop. None of y'all gonna stop me. <laughs> dog, and Deontay Wilder was just looking at him like, alright. She was like, a few moments later. Man. The punches, dog. Bro, listen, punch my man silly into the ropes. Through his guard. Through his guard, and he fell, and his. He was on his feet, but his knees was he was nah, his, <laughs> his knees buckled. Oh. Like, and I gotta respect my man with the dreads because I'm pretty sure he knew like <laughs> this would be a tough today. fight. Like this, <laughs> but he got up there and talked shit, and you gotta do that to you sell gotta, a fight. You have to because how else are these people gonna make money if but people he, not watching? He him? wasn't good at selling the fight though. That nigga said none of you. <laughs> yeah, he like, might well just said it. Yeah, just just say it, bro. None of y'all, none of y'all gonna stop he me. He was concerned about how them white people was gonna feel. Yeah, like. you worried about the that. Wilder was just looking at him like, where he from? Deontay Wilder. No, no, no. The other dude. He's he not from here. He's from Jamaica. So yeah, sure. yeah. I don't think he's from America. Deontay Wilder from Alabama. Yeah, you can see it all over him. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a big country, strong motherfucker. But yeah, um, yeah. Man, he that, fought that, that fight at like two oh nine. Like Deontay Wilder is like in the NBA. He's not that big, right? <laughs> like if he, because his legs are are, are pretty slim. If yes, he was in the NBA, he would just be like an athletic four or something. Yeah. So for him to get in there and fight uh, Fury, who had to be weighing in at like what two thirty or two, it was something crazy. Yeah. But he got like three inches or something. They're both kind of tall, but I think he got like two or three inches on. Tyson the, Fury is like six two. And I think Wilder is like six four. Yeah, six. Yeah. But what? But Fury was he- definitely like twenty pounds heavier than him. In yeah. Fight. Yeah. Um, and you could tell, like that nigga Fury. I thought it was gonna be. I thought I thought Wilder was gonna destroy him. Nah, man. I yeah. gotta put some respect. Like I didn't know nothing thing. about Fury though. To be honest, I'm just I've be been heard that name though, and it's like usually if people with boxers been been around for a minute, like you got to get them credit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like. He knows how to box, and that's the thing. Like, like I said, like if you got somebody with technique versus somebody who is just a brawler, it's not gonna just be a knockout, right? <laughs> so that was the thing. Like he was, he was just boxing. He was boxing uh, Deontay, <laughs> slipping. <laughs> he was get in and out. But my thing was, I was just looking at him like this nigga looks so lanky and out of shape, but he didn't fight like it. He just, he just good boxer. Though. Yeah. He know to, you know how to. He just slipped, slipped. And he was bat, eating bat. some of that shit, too. Even though Wilder was missing a lot, when he did connect, it was like it didn't affect him. Right. Until later, though, because the nigga definitely fell twice. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, man, I love boxing, dog. I didn't really know you liked boxing, but I really fucking love boxing, and I need to watch more of it. Man, I be liking to watch that shit. I like... want to go to some fights, and I'm ne- I don't even know. I've never seen a card come up, and I'm like, I can buy tickets to that. I don't even know how to do that. Damn, okay, I never been. 
I did see my cousin fight amateur Isaiah Thomas. Um, you said Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. It's not his real name, but it's what we call him. Okay. Zeke. But, uh, yeah, he never... Uh, I think he did go... Pro. I'm not sure if he went pro, actually. That's my bad, but... Obviously, he didn't really give a fuck either. He didn't really keep boxing like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... um. What else happened, man? It's, it's it's kind of a few things to talk about right now. Um, did you see this YBN Almighty J shit? Uh, dude killed his boys, rode around in a uh, whip for man. No, 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 not that no. nigga. This nigga. Oh yeah, Almighty nigga that got cut up. They got jumped. Yeah, for got his jumped. For his, his chains. Yeah, for his chain. Gave him a buck fifty across the face. Some. Here we go. Shut the fuck up. Kick this thing in the face. Kick him in the back. Do some whole shit to me. That's the YBN nigga? Take his chin. Take his chin. Take his chin. That's the YBN nigga? That's the YBN. That's some sucker shit to me. Now, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what started this or why. Because they look like they sound like they have pre. It don't sound random. Sounds like they was mad at this nigga. For whatever reason, you know, and then decide this when they seen him, they just decide to rob him. I don't know the history of this. It don't really matter to me. I've never been a fan of the whole gang jumping nigga shit because I think that's some sucker shit. I went to school on the west side. I went to Redford for anybody who don't know. And for the niggas who went there with me, y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. Niggas got jumped almost daily. I seen a nigga um, in the new wing. Walking through the hallway, the long hallway with the mural painting on the wall and the lockers in that hallway. There's a nigga just, I mean, it's a thousand kids in the hallway. This nigga just at his locker, mind his business. 600 niggas walk up to him. Hey, you trying to fight, nigga? What you trying to do? Dog? What was that shit? Like, that don't make you tough. I don't respect that. Right. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck is you doing with 20 niggas with you approaching one nigga by himself? Like, that means. Scared. You, you scared and that's the that's thing that's that confidence that we was talking about that's the confidence that Mike Tyson had by himself people got that type of confidence with 40 people with behind 40 him. people and I've never been a nigga to ride with people but at the same time I'm not trying to pose it like I'm just some nigga just walking around looking for fights with myself I'm not a fighter anyway I I will fight but I I just I've never been in those situations like right. I just never have man it's funny because right while you're on the west side I'm on the east side I went to King and, and we know Who's over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I saw a whole bunch of motherfuckers get jumped. Uh, you know, we went to uh, Duffield and Whitney Young, so we knew some people that was from the King Homes. You know what I'm saying? That was our age. But you know, like <clears throat> for me, it wasn't. It wasn't really the people that was in our age that I that I was in. You know, our grade doing that. I used to see like the younger ones doing it. Uh, but yeah, like niggas just getting jumped left and right. I was I, seeing the older ones do it. Older than us. By the time I had got older, by the time I was the senior in the school, it, it, shit had calmed down. But I think it was because mm-hmm. there was just a lighter population and they started sending all the niggas getting kicked out of our school to Henry Ford around the corner. So it kind of like they kind of displaced it, but it didn't really change shit because you right. sending a bunch of school craft niggas or Brightmore niggas up to another neighborhood. You sending them to school with six to seven mile niggas. I mean, granted, there was a lot of six miles and seven mile niggas in our school, too. But you sending rivals to a rival school. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But I just didn't see it anymore because they displaced it. Didn't mm-hmm. mean it went away, though. But 
when I was in ninth grade, it was all the the older niggas jumping each other. Like I don't, I never understood that shit. Y'all niggas is cowards to me. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck your mentality, like. man. I remember uh, the first. I want to say this was literally the first Friday of ninth grade I've <laughs> ever experienced, and I was walking like I've. I've never been short. That's uh, freshman Friday. Yeah, freshman Friday. I was like in the ninth grade. I was probably about five nine. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I had a little height on me. And I remember walking, <clears throat> and it was like two or three people. No, it was it was this one skinny dude. I knew he. I knew he was in the ninth grade too. He was like he was like real skinny. I was skinny too. He was like real skinny, kind of short, and just he just looked like somebody you would fuck with. Like I I don't know. Maybe I don't. But the point is, anyway, I'm walking. He's in front of me. Like three people walk past me real fast, and they say, "Excuse me, excuse me." When they, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, you already me. know what's going down. So I'm looking. That just grab dude by the back of his neck. Bam! Like you know, I like when you put your hands on somebody's shoulders to grab him. He did it real hard. Smack. Bam! Grabbed him up. Start hitting him up from the back of the shirt. Other nigga just grab him by, by the stomach, like almost like he put his fist in his stomach. <laughs> and <laughs> you laughing? Did this motherfucker just talk about all this shit? He no, but he's over here laughing. He's <laughs> describing it's like they no, just—I'm serious. Like they just ripping this nigga. Bro, apart. they had done, and they literally picked him up by his stomach and had him in the air, like on the wall, and he was just bent over, like. Ugh. This a young nigga, like a freshman. Bro, the freshman, like his name was Jordan. <laughs> Like I, re- like, I knew he was a freshman. What the fuck is this about? Bro, he was just a freshman. That's Duh, what I think. What? He just looked like an easy target. Coward That's what I'm shit. saying. He looked like an easy target because y'all walked past me and said, excuse me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. And went right to him like, he's like five steps ahead of me. I just choked him up. But yeah, that shit wasn't cool. I never had any experiences with anybody trying to jump me or no shit like that. But That's why niggas be shooting y'all niggas in the face. Yeah, pretty much. You want to show up with 50 niggas? Like, I don't understand that shit. That's not tough. I don't understand why y'all think that's tough. Like, y'all supposed to be... I don't even know why I'm even talking to y'all niggas <laughs> about this shit because y'all clearly didn't understand. Granted, this was a long time ago. But, but I was just about to say, like, I wonder like, how do they feel about like, this shit Like, do niggas now? still jump niggas today? Like, I, I, like, in the hood, I'm saying, like, niggas our age. Probably not. Duh. Is niggas really fighting in school like that? Is that shit popular like it was? I don't know. Cause it, it seemed like now it would be more of like girls and like social media and like trying to look fresh and you know what I'm saying? Like versus like, let's go try to fight somebody today. Let's find somebody to jump. I live right down the street from my high school. I live right down the street from Referee Union High School. Um, they, I've never seen a fight. I, I'm always driving past the school and they always walking past my house. I ain't never seen no fight. Now them niggas did knock on my door one day, like trying to prank yeah, play on my door. But I came outside shit. and was just standing there. They walking down the street. I'm just standing trying there to act looking. like they ain't do it. Right, they looking back though. <laughs> I mean, grant. I mean, it's like like 25 kids walking down the street. Oh, okay. A big ass crowd. I think one crowd went that way, but the other crowd went that way. I'm looking at them. They keep looking back. I wasn't gonna do nothing. I was just standing on the porch. Like this ain't the house to play on. This is what I want y'all to know. Right. They keep looking back. They kicked over somebody's garbage can because it was like garbage day was that day. The cans was empty, but they, they like kicked over somebody's garbage can. When that happened, I turned around, went in the house. They took off running. 
Because they don't know what I'm about yeah, to do. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they just know, like, I'm being stupid and somebody responding to right. this shit. Let's get the fuck out. I always used to wonder, like, man, why is it that, like, you have kids like that? Like, they want to be destructive. Like, I want to kick this over. I, I want the know. teacher to know, like, fuck you. Right. I want somebody else to know, fuck you. I want to go bother people. Oh, like. this, this reminds me of something else, too, that I just seen on Instagram. But before I get to that, so as soon as I seen him kick over the garbage can, I just turn around instantly in, like, a... Like with purpose, I'm walking. I turn around, I, I open the door, I swing the door open, run in there, grab my shoes, grab my keys. They take off running. I come back outside, they scatter through the neighborhood. Niggas running through other people's backyards, they go around the other block. I hop in my charger, I speed up the block. I bend the corner because they go around to the Why next you block. Fuck them? <laughs> no, I fuck these niggas because I, what I don't want is for them to think shit is all right to play on my, I got kids in here. True. Don't play at my fucking house. I been in the corner. I'm like, why the fuck y'all playing on my door? He's like, that wasn't me, dog. That was them, dog. That was them. I'm like, all right, well, who was it? He like, where they go? They went that way, nigga. I don't know. I'm like, I pull off. I'm like, all right, I speed off. I go back around just to see if I can see somebody else. They all scattered at this point. But right. I ain't had a problem since that day. And this was like two, three years ago. I mean, I wasn't going to do shit. But like I said, I just want y'all to know, like, don't play on my fucking door. Like, yeah, but they got to know that, though. They at least got to know, like, somebody will put them in their place. It's a man in this house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It ain't just a woman and some kids in this bitch. So that's that was my only point. I wasn't badass to, West Side kids. <laughs> I wasn't about to do nothing to the one of them niggas, but um, unless I had to, but because I will beat the shit out of your kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know who I was talking to, who said that shit. But I got kids. Oh, that was Mercy that said that shit. Like I will come up here to beat the shit out of your kids. Like if my son or my daughter's being picked on. Dog, I seen somebody <laughs> say like. Um, a son called crying or something called home from oh. school crying said the teacher did something nigga yeah. showed up with like an AK but he was in a wheelchair bro the son no the father the father was in a wheelchair and that's why people was in the comments like what the fuck else was he supposed to do you know what I'm saying he can't come up there and fight right <laughs> so I mean I don't agree I understand shit, why not unless you put them niggas in the front seat and let them go like, <laughs> shut the fuck up dog <laughs> <laughs> Training day. Put me in the front me seat in the front with him. I bet I whip his ass. <laughs> oh hell no. Uh, yeah, they say he was in a wheelchair, and niggas in the comments like, "What else he supposed to do? Like, you get a call, your son just got slammed by his teacher." Right. But I do understand why it looks just all bad to bring a loaded AK to a school. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. After everything we've seen, but I black people don't it. shoot up schools. Yeah. Black people don't shoot up schools. He came there to shoot the teacher, bro. Like, I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just kind of funny, but I wouldn't do that. I went to school with niggas brought loaded guns all the time. I saw them, and I was never afraid that niggas was gonna shoot the school up. But I'm like, yeah, somebody right. probably because we right. But you're right though. We don't even think like that. Yeah, somebody gonna die today. That's all I thought. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> somebody <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> with me though, like, oh uh, yeah, man. But I don't know how I feel about that. I know if a motherfucker call me and say they teacher slammed them. Um, I know the type of person I am. I probably would approach it with a little more tact, though. Like, I'm going to come up there and just act like we're having a meeting. And I'm going to slap the shit out of you in class. Even if it's in front of your students. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get your bitch ass. Don't <laughs> touch my son for no reason. I, I send you up here to teach. Send him up here so you can teach him. Not It ain't your job to chastise my son like that. But I did see this video on Instagram the other day where the teacher is teaching class and... She's like telling this boy to get out or something. He won't get out. Mm -hmm. And she's walking around the class and she's like, get out. He's still trying to teach her class. And he like pulls her wig off and runs away. 
jump up on the desk and he like dancing with it and then he finally leaves with her wig like if that was my mama I think I'm gonna have to beat this shit out of a 17 year old today <laughs> you know what I'm saying some of these students definitely be yeah. crossing the line bro yeah that's that's bruh we, I would we, have never done anything like that. Like, if you're being disruptive and a teacher tells you to leave, just leave. What's the problem? I remember us being, even in middle school, because that's when shit started, like, you know, when young boys really start feeling themselves. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we coming up on 12 years old, you kind of start smelling yourself. So you might be in class, Mr. Nero might be like, stop talking. And you like, man, whatever. Right. But you ain't gonna get up and hit the nigga. Like, right. Fuck you, nigga. Like, <laughs> they just be going out of bounds, bro. I don't know what's going on, but I swear, dog. I, yeah. I don't even wanna think about that type of shit because I don't wanna say I'd be beating a little kid's ass and all that shit, but I yeah. could only imagine, like, I feel you. If your mama was a teacher, and there's a lot of motherfuckers with their mamas as teachers. You get somebody in there disrespecting your mama like that? I've seen all type of wild shit. Off. Huh? You snatched her wig off. Y'all ain't got no home training. Right, and everybody laughing and shit. I ain't seen teachers get their ass whooped on video. Yeah. I ain't seen all kind of shit in schools that I don't agree with. I saw one teacher was fighting his ass back. Yeah. And they trying to be like, well, you, no, what the fuck is you talking about? You're not supposed supposed to protect yourself just because somebody's like, y'all need to cut this shit out. Right. Because he fuck around and kill me in here, then what? Then what? Right. Crack my noggin. I don't know. It's kind of a. That's that's a difficult topic because I don't know like what do you do? What's the problem? Nah, man, these motherfucking parents be having these kids and they don't spend no time with them. They don't talk to them. They just give them phones and go live your life. Motherfucker out here living his life starting at ten. Like y'all not involved with y'all kids. No way your kids should be going to school being disruptive. And then when the teacher asks him to leave, he won't snatch her wig off and cause a show. Because you embarrassed about getting put out the class, bro. Just get the fuck out. I don't understand, my nigga. If you in the class clowning. You don't want to be in there anyway. So, nigga, when I was getting kicked out, shit, all right? You feel me? <laughs> I'm out. Right. Get the fuck on. I never, I've been up, I've been put out of class a few times. But Man, it wasn't know. a whole lot. But it was like, like you said, it's kind of like, shit, what am I about to do for this hour? I, got, I mean, yeah, I feel it. Nigga, go find something to do. That's I'm how I feel. To, I'm about to go to study hall. I'm about to fuck with some girls. Something. I'm about Get to go to my, my favorite teacher class. I had teachers that we all did where they would be like, you might be in trouble or you might skip class or you could go to their room and they don't right. even give a fuck. Because like, they know what's up. Y'all niggas know. Yeah, that was that was, that was was the, the shit right there. Um, But yeah, we didn't even get to the goddamn topic. We started talking about this because of the YBN Almighty J shit. Right. Um, I thought that was some sucker shit. They took his chain and then... um, uh, Where is that post at? Uh, fuck. My son, the general, had posted... Something about um, receiving a message. No, not receiving a message. He was talking about Jay Prince had posted a response to this because YBN Almighty Jay is signed to Jay Prince. Jay Prince proceeded to call everybody out from that city in New York. Is it Brooklyn? I think it's Brooklyn. Let's see. Let's look at my song, The General. I saw that. I saw what Jay Prince, what Jay Prince said, and I saw uh, my son response. Right. What did Jay Prince say? Let's look at his because his shit. Jay came Prince from. was just basically on that boss shit, like, um, basically, in other words, we feel disrespected. I don't know if y'all was intending to disrespect Jay Prince and what we stand for, 
But basically, if this shit is not uh, right, if y'all make this shit right, it's going to be a problem. That's pretty much what he was saying. Here it is. He said, mob ties call to my real street niggas around the world, but especially on the East Coast in the Bronx. The Bronx, there it is. There's a clown by the name of Zay and his crew who want to become famous by bragging about robbing rap industry niggas. They recently bragged about robbing the artist YBN Almighty J, whom I've invested in. They've robbed him of his money and jewelry, including a rapper lot piece. Big mistake. So therefore, they have robbed a piece of me. This is a perfect opportunity to execute our unity where we don't allow moment thinkers to muddy the water over the movement. With that being said, to the homies in the Bronx, if any of these clowns are y'all's family or friends, speak now so we can get an understanding to ignore this is a recipe for disaster. Other than that, it's these clowns versus the realest niggas in every hood around the world, and I believe him. And that's the meaning of mob ties. He tagged Funk Flex, my son of general, Fred the Godson. Who is this? I don't, O-U-N-P? I don't know who that is. Um, Swiss Beats, Fat Joe, Remy Ma, Corey Guns, Cardi B, a Boogie, he tagged all of them people in it because I'm guessing either they're from the Bronx or they're close to the Bronx and they know a lot of people. And somebody probably definitely do know this nigga, but the fact that Jay Prince has this nigga's name is scary on his part because he know you, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My son, the general, responded. I don't know if anyone else did, but I doubt it. They probably responded in private. My son, yeah. You about to read this shit? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't see where it is. Uh, this nigga my son posts a lot. Oh, he says he posted a video. This is my son the general's response to what Jay Prince said. First of all, I want to state that I don't condone this type of juvenile behavior in reference to the jumping. Mm -hmm. Neither I nor anyone affiliated with me conducts themselves in this manner. With that being said, I respect Jay Prince for what you have done for the culture and the way that you have been a one from day one. But I myself conduct myself in a manner which demands a certain level of respect and consideration, and the message you relayed on your Instagram was in inappropriate. Had you, or what do you say? Had you or a mutual friends of or acquaintances of ours reached out through DM or phone, I would have seen fit to reach out to anyone needed to right this wrong, on the premise of mutual respect and admiration. But as a result of this message, I have cowards on my page telling me I better get that chain back, etc. The way your message was delivered can be interpreted as more of a threat than a call out to allies to resolve a potential catastrophic situation, which I understand what he's saying. All right. These are kids who are not in my direct circle, and your message puts me and what I respect represent in jeopardy. Exactly. Um, he goes on, he goes on. Basically, he basically said the same thing, like basically the handles in private, and you sort of like put a target on my head by tagging me in this as if I was somewhere like you're implicating me that should be involved. Right. Well, he wasn't. But Jay Prince, all Jay Prince was saying was, you know, if you know something, please call me and let me know. But it did look like Jay Prince was sort of insinuating that they was. I'm on all y'all. I'm yeah. right. I'm but I'm a I'm alluding to the fact that y'all might be involved and I'm on y'all ass. Um, that might not be the case, but I understand what my son is saying. Like now you got niggas on my page caping for you. Right. Threatening me like I better get the chain. Like, nigga, who is you? 
That's when I, I, yeah, it was like into like the first sentence and J Prince shit, like real mop, whatever fuck you talking about. It's just be like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just be kind of like, what the fuck? Like, so I feel when my son is kind of like, nigga, this is not in, not in good taste. Right, right. Like, I don't really respect that. Um, as far as J Prince's history, I mean, I guess his, his track record speaks for itself. So. I don't know what the fuck happened with that. I, well, actually, I did see them saying that the uh, the chain was in Black China name, so oh, they're gonna oh, give it to Black was, China. They was with him. Uh, they was like, "Yeah, fuck J Prince," but 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 but, but they give him the chain back to Black China. So I'm like, okay, chain probably came back up. And uh, a lot of niggas don't know who J Prince is. I don't even understand J Prince. Who J Prince is, but rap a lot. I, I mean, I know who he is on that, but I'm saying as far as on the street level, like what he's capable of, I wasn't around to know all that he's done, and a lot of what he's done, we probably will never hear about. But just some of the things that I've heard would be like, okay, give the chain back, yeah, because he connected, he connected, and um, I do agree that maybe he should have handled this in private. And matter of fact, I'll just read what Artemis Gordon said in response to all of this. Artemis Gordon, the hip hop historian, pushing baggy, push, pushing buggies and collecting bottles yeah, is what he does in his spare time. But this is what he said. Times have changed, but times, oh, he even said, when the cold wind comes, it lives in New York City. Times have changed, but that hasn't. No out of towner is just going to be able to call shots at NYC from afar. It doesn't work like that and never has. I can honestly say I was surprised as hell when I saw a hip hop cornerstone take the social media to make moves that otherwise should have been handled in the shadows. Talking about Jay Prince. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Using a young man's tool, IG, to make decisions that should have been handled in radio silence is the biggest indicator of showing your age. It revealed a vulnerability in the sense that his anger caused him to tip his hand and once people saw the cards, they see nothing is there and can laugh. I've witnessed Jay Prince's magic at his height and what his phone calls used to be able to do. So when I saw him take the social media to get his artist chain back and the assailants of YB and Jay dealt with, I was sure that someone was mistaken and that they had to have typed that post for him and incorrectly sent it out. How could Jay Prince not have more connects than me? I DM someone I was sure he reached out to for help and asked what happened, and they were just as perplexed as I was. <laughs> These were not the moves of a general. Talking out loud for the alphabet to hear, you'll get every include you'll get every one, including yourself, indicted. <laughs> for example, when Ice Cube got beat up by Solo hmm. and his W chain taken, Mac Ten took to the streets and made some calls on the low and brokered the deal. That's some whole other shit that I didn't even know about. Right. Um, for any, all you niggas playing Grand Theft Auto Five, um, which a lot of you have for the last six years, came out in 2013. The black person that plays Franklin is a real street nigga. Um, I've heard this story before, but I knew he was beefed out with Ice Cube, which is ironic because I think Ice Cube did some work on Grand Theft Auto San Andreas too. Hmm. But anyway, um. I agree with this. Like, I'm kind of surprised that somebody like Jay Prince would put an Instagram post. But maybe he's just trying to, like he just said, maybe he's trying to move in a way of a young nigga 
maybe he thought that would be more effective. I, it, it, like, like I said, the first line in his uh little post, it just, it just made me think of like Drake. It made me think of Drake and his song "Montage." <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you know, Jay Prince, you know, is back, back in yeah. Yeah, and it was just kind of like, what, what is this? Like, this don't, this sounds corny. This sounds like some bullshit. This sounds like you feeling yourself. You think this should have rap song? I don't know. But like you said, I don't think he had probably expected anybody to probably respond in uh in public because my son was the only one who did, right? You seemed like it, yeah. Unless I just missed something. But Yeah, no. Um yeah, I don't know. That's kinda weird. I like like I said, like he just said too, like Artemis Gordon said, it's kinda like we know what you were once capable of, so this is kinda out of character and it's not as scary as it could have been if you really wanted to shake some shit up like right it'd have been more scary to just not say nothing just not say nothing <laughs> and just let some shit rock because of the way you talking you talking like it's fine it's finna go down there right. this is a threat that is what it sounded like when i first read it i'm like damn this nigga talking greasy it's anybody not- who been in this anybody from this anybody from any city know that translate that into a threat yeah. even though it was politically written like that's a threat you know it is and niggas just be wanting to be tough and be in the hype. Like, I don't know. But the root of all this is stop jumping niggas and taking the chains. What is wrong with y'all? I don't know what Almighty J did, but he looked like a little nigga. Like, you he know, is. What I'm saying? He's like he's nineteen or something. Wow. He was dating Black China when he was eighteen, nineteen. So he's either nineteen or twenty or something now, because that was just last year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is a young nigga. Look at boy. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I, I. I don't know anything about him though. Like I don't know his music, so I'm like I don't know if he just be talking crazy or what happened. Like I'm sure y'all probably inbox me if I ask. Like what did he do? Like um, one of y'all niggas tell me like what did what did he do to get jumped? I don't know. You don't necessarily have. They could have just been clout chasing. When oh, get a chain. And, and also them niggas said that they didn't cut him. I didn't even so hear that. I, I, I do. Believe, I'm not gonna sit up here and say that Jay Prince don't have any reach. I think he do. I, just I think, think he do the, too. Yeah, the way he did it was trash. Yeah, and of course them niggas. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to like a bitch in public, but uh, they, I believe they got the chain back and uh, he was saying like, we didn't cut him. No, man, that's some bullshit. Y'all know the whole thing. We didn't cut him. Uh, so now they trying to recant, be like, yo, we ain't cut his face. I don't know what happened to his face. We just jumped him and took his chain. Um, I don't know, man. This shit is just ignorance. You know what? This goes back to the reason why I really like Takashi, bro prior to because niggas kept trying to run up on Takashi and they just kept fucking niggas up. I don't know if you remember when Takashi first got on, they was getting into fights everywhere. Right. Like I've seen the video. Niggas was they threw a drink or a bottle or something while he was performing. Mm-hmm. They went and got the niggas out the crowd. Like that's scary to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't even touch niggas cuz you going to pay. And I remember he was somewhere, it was like he was in a lobby of a club or maybe it was the venue afterwards, but they was like, it was like 50 niggas deep. Mm-hmm. He's standing up on the stairs and niggas trying to get to him. They throwing shit at him. They beat the brakes off the niggas on camera. Yeah. Like you could see niggas reach over like God, like <laughs> grab niggas by the chin. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember, uh, I want to say, I-, I would hate to get this wrong, but I want to say it was Chevy Woods. You know who Chevy Woods is. Yeah, I heard the name. Yeah, he uh he rapped with um with Wiz. I don't want to say it was a oh, show okay. out in uh Royal Oak and somebody threw some water at him. 
pointed this nigga out. Him right there, right there. And they got him. Now, now you know, they roughed him up, but they like beat his ass. But that's just a prime example. And that's on like a, 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 a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Like y'all motherfuckers can't be out here trying to do anything y'all want to. Why artists. do y'all think? Like, they be thinking shit sweet. Why do y'all think they won't go in the crowd? Duh, n- These is young niggas. They don't give a fuck. Duh, I need to be the dot. I'm telling you, those probably the same dumb, ignorant motherfuckers that be in school doing exactly. That dumb shit. Y'all think because y'all are part of the crowd, like they can't see you? Like <laughs> they can see you, nigga. Like nigga, I just saw you throw the shit. Like you can't, th- like you can't. You, you gotta move your arm somehow if you throwing some shit, bro. Everybody turning and looking because we see where it came from. So now everybody turning and looking. They're like, oh, shit, this nigga right here. Everybody looking at you. And you trying to look around like, yo, it's this nigga right here. Get this nigga up out of here. Like, I don't know if y'all know. Some of these rappers got power, so. Y'all better stop it, man. Niggas be walking around this bitch with five bodyguards, 300 pounds and up, plus they niggas. And killers. Yeah. Exactly. Niggas be around this bitch. That's why he on, that's why he on line time about some test my gangster. Because you can't <laughs> touch him. <laughs> yeah. Nigga, if I can't be touched, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Exactly. And he he was right up until them feds got his yeah, ass. The feds can touch you that. Yeah, the feds. Got- <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see this Russell Westbrook shit? I did. The fans is like, we don't know why he said this. They like we we didn't say nothing to him. But the end. Uh, you know what? You and your wife, I fuck you up. I love this nigga, bro. Better quit playing with Russ. This happened like every season. You see his daddy? No. His daddy really like a hood nigga, dog. His daddy look like he 10 years older than him. I'm telling you, <laughs> listen, don't fuck with Russ. But listen, but remember I show, I, I sent you that video of a black dude fighting a white dude and a white woman came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Then she started trying to act like the victim. Yeah. But you came in trying to jump in on somebody else's fight. And once this nigga start fighting your ass back, now you want to act like the motherfucking victim. Right. So, to me, these motherfuckers, you know, the, the fans in the crowd who uh, insulted Russell Westbrook is trying to act like, we didn't say shit, I don't know why. Shut the fuck up. Y'all know y'all was talking shit. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe Russell would just be like... He's never done nothing like that. He's not just going to be like, fuck out of here. You know, I'll fuck you and your wife up for no reason, like... Um, I know something. And then I, I saw something too where they were saying like the fans had uh, uh, pretty much made like a GoFundMe to pay his $25,000 fine or whatever. Oh, I didn't know he got Utah fine, fans. I, I yeah, didn't know he got, he got fined fine and they got banned for life. Oh, they did? From, yeah. Oh, damn. I didn't hear that either. Mm-hmm. So they said something like get on your knees like you used to. I don't even know what that means, but I'm guessing it's some racist shit. I mean, what it sound like? I mean, it, it, that's what I was wondering. Like, are they trying to say he's gay? Are they trying to say he's a slave? Are they trying to say, you know, what are they trying to say? Suck my dick? It just sounds like an insult. It's that's an insult. Just though, what regardless. it is, and it, it and right, and it could you either attacking my my uh, nationality, you talk attacking my sexuality, you attacking something, motherfucker. Right. And it hit a nerve, and it is what it is. And uh, Utah has been known throughout the years to be uh, one of the most vicious uh, arenas to play in, along with Auburn Hills, I heard. But, yeah, so. That's what they were saying, and the players were standing with him like, yeah, no, they be wilding in that bitch, so. They be wilding. They and, you know, he had he had an incident last year, and uh, I forgot what happened. He I didn't it. know where it was, but I know he was walking through the tunnel, and a nigga took, took his hat off. 
and was like, Let me, can I have this? And he like, man, touch my fucking head. Right. Or was that was that KD? I think that was KD. No, something happened to this nigga in the motherfucking tunnel, though. Mm-hmm. Like a nigga reached down and touched him, and he was like, man, don't fucking touch me. Right. And the bodyguard like, bro, like, don't hit this nigga. Like, right. He pushing him back, like, just go to the back. You know what? And but this uh, always happened. I'm telling you, every 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 season, Russell was about to beat this shit out of a fan. Seriously, though, like, uh, it was something happened a few games before that. Where he was walking, or he was finna take the ball out, and somebody pushed his arm from the back. When he turned around, he saw it was a kid. But he turned around aggressive, but then he had to tell the kid, like, you know, keep your hands to yourself. You know what I'm saying? So he handled that situation right. You see what I'm saying? It's not like he just be aggressive right, and turn right, around. Right. I'm gonna nah, beat the fuck but, out your young ass. You but know you know, but nonetheless, but you know how it is. Like you from a certain environment, it's almost like. All that shit be like triggers, like yeah. Don't touch me. You don't know touch me, like because usually where I'm from, that means shit is on, like right. Like how did how are you bringing your kids here on sideline and then they think it's okay for you to touch the? So player? what did the kid literally just got up and touched him? The kid like? was just standing up. I think Russ was finna inbound the ball, or it was like Russ went out or something, but he was like out of bounds, and the kid just pushed his arm from the back, like pushed his elbow. You know what I'm saying? He turned around and shit and saw it was a kid, and you know. Like just tell him, like that's just tell him to keep your hands to yourself. Woo, that's not what you're supposed to do. But you know he handled it accordingly. So for him to react like that to grown ups, I believe they said something offensive. Y'all yeah. can't touch players. But like you said, um, well, uh, like Russ was saying, like okay, we got to make all these changes as players. But what about the fans? I was watching Undisputed and uh, I don't know whatever that show is with uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Yeah. And Shannon Sharp was talking about he was like one time. Uh, he was watching uh, the Bulls play. He was like, you know, I know, you know, Jordan, whatever. He was like, but you know, Jordan's one of those players, like when he locked in the game, he locked in. So he's like, Jordan's on the bitch. And I'm calling him like, hey, yo, Mike, Mike. He like, Scotty sees me. He like, I gets up and I'm going to go like grab Mike's shoulder. Like, yo, Mike, before I could even bodyguard. Who's saying this? Shannon Sharp. Okay. Shannon Sharp. Now, and y'all mean to tell me, y'all know who Shannon Sharp is? Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, Obviously, I guess you could say like, well, that's behind, and you know, the the uh, the, the kid was was on the floor seats, but still, you can't touch the players. Like, I don't want you don't want any random people touching you. So just because you watching somebody play a game, don't mean you can disrespect them. You ever like, sat on the floor? Hell no. I sat on the floor one time. It's a that great experience. No, the seats were free. But I did still feel great because we had the connections to make that happen. Right, boy, got friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, great experience. Like I understand why y'all niggas always want to sit on the floor, right. um, despite the the risk of having LeBron land in your lap. But it's a great experience. But I never once got the urge to reach out like, hey, like, right. I'm not about to touch Andre Drummond. Like, what am I? <laughs> right. <laughs> what am I- <laughs> why would you do that? Why am I gonna touch Andre Drummond? Like. What are you doing? Why are you not telling your kids to keep their hands to themselves? That's what I was going to say. They're going to fuck around and only reserve them fucking floor seats for the rich and the famous. Because y'all, good point. regular people be fucking out of control. Even Drake ass nigga be running up the court like he the coach, though. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, it's, bro, you got to sit your ass down. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when we think back to the Malice in the Palace and shit, like, uh, and and the players like man, it was it was crazy suspensions going on with that abroad. Like I think uh, Ron Artest, like man, he got suspended like for the rest of the season down there. Like mind he, you, that nigga punched several people. Yeah, mind you, that fight happened in like November. 
Right. So, so the season nigga, not over to April. Nigga, it's right. You got five months to go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they lost a lot of money. Uh, I think Stephen Jackson said he lost like two, three million dollars off that. Uh, a lot of suspensions headed down. Um, and then after that, uh, I believe that's when they started implementing like players, uh, the dress code for the players, and all this other stuff. And you start making making these changes to You're trying to clean up the yeah. Up but it's like, league. what about the fans? Because yeah, those those players in Utah verbally assaulted Russell, uh, but in Detroit. Or Auburn Hills. <laughs> yeah, nigga, what Detroit? Auburn Hills. Dude threw a whole ass beer cup and hit this fool in the face while, while Ron Artest was minding his business. Let's just keep it real. Like, the initial squabble between Ben Wallace and Ron Artest had got resolved. Push, couple pushes, couple shoves. All right, y'all break it up. Ron Artest was laying on the uh, announcer's table, cooling off. Like, damn, cooling off. Next thing you know, he just get hit in the face with a bottle. That's why he ran up in the crowd and started oh, swinging on motherfuckers. And I'm glad he did. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Because I, I want niggas to realize that's what I'm saying. Why do y'all think because y'all in the crowd that y'all untouchable? There's nothing between you and Ron Artest. Nothing of that matters because it's probably a guard or something or some sort of fucking barrier, you know, somewhere that separates the four seats from those first, like, the, the, the whatever you call them, the other seats. Mm-hmm. There's something there, but it's not something that he's not, his big ass ain't going to walk or step over or jump over. Right. So what I'm saying is, why do y'all think because you're in the crowd that you're untouchable? And the thing, though, is when dude threw it, his bitch ass hit, the, he, he hit his hand. So Ron Artest actually got to the wrong person. Yeah, I know. Because you didn't even want to stand by yourself throwing a bitch. Throw a rock See out your hand, saying? bitch. Threw that motherfucker and stood there. Ron Artest just ran up, hit the dude next to him or swung on the dude next to him. But yeah, that was a crazy situation. That was hype though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad it happened. Yeah, it uh-huh. was hype though. But yeah, man, we uh I think the players have made a lot of changes. Uh, you know, just a lot of shit they gotta do. Now you want them to play overseas and play these dumbass one game all the way in Beijing and shit. Do this, we gotta wear this, we can't wear that, we can't do that. Like, it's almost like high school in that motherfucker phone. Right. And then um like you said, what they doing to the fans? I, I was buying a, uh, you know, water or some. I was buying at the concession stands at the. This was still in the palace, um, and they, I'm like, they took my top. Like, why are you taking my top? Um, I think one of the ladies who worked behind the stand was like, we have to confiscate these now because of that, so y'all can't throw the tops. But I'm like, I still got a whole bottle of water though. Right. Like so what's the difference? But I think that's like the only thing they really did about it. Like they tried to start doing little things here and there so you have a less ammunition to throw. But I mean that don't do nothing. Well, can't you go into that bitch and buy shit to throw? Like, I mean, right, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> man. I, I don't know. I don't really know what you could do to stop fans from being that fucking ignorant. I just know the way it looks. Like I'm looking at everything racially. I'm that, sorry, but you know what? And and I I ain't want to go there. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You looking like, oh my god, Ron Artest just ran into the crowd. Oh my god, Stephen Jackson is following me. Oh my god, they're fighting everybody. <laughs> Jermaine O'Neal's not gonna be. You know what I'm saying? Right. But what about the fans that's literally running up on them to fight? Right. <laughs> like dude threw a cup. Ron Artest obviously is already hot. He's literally trying to cool. He's literally in the process of trying to cool his head down, laying down on the announcer's table. 
you let me rile him up again. We throw this bitch, but I don't want to see him. I throw it. Now he run up and it's just now we gonna say, all right, well shit, y'all can't worry, y'all y'all clothes too baggy, y'all got too many chains. Did they ever find out who that was for sure? Yeah, I mean you could just watch the tape and see like, right? Oh, so his ass banned for life too, then. Mm, I don't know. He better be. Man, he probably. But not. I look at it like you got the black athlete and the white motherfucker throwing a beer at him because and I, now I gotta now I gotta change my dress code, right? And I gotta lose out. On a, a third of the season in my income, he didn't leave after that, did he? Who Ron Artest? He left way later than. What you talking about? Like left the NBA? Oh no, he ain't leave after that. He just got spitted for a long time. Yeah. And I think the next season he came back. He left Indiana. Uh, that pretty much like broke their team up. Right. Pretty much, they had that one last run, and we beat them that year. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been two years. Might, they might have stayed together like two years, that kind of core, and then after that, it was just rap. Reggie Miller got old. But, yeah, man, and, and you know what? Fun fact. Because really what happened... Reggie Miller retired in Auburn News. He did? Yeah, they lost He that, did, yeah, that was a playoff. Yeah. It was a playoff. Yep. No, I wasn't tripping. Yeah, man, and you know, everybody know that Allen Iverson is like literally the father of anybody that came in the league after him. Like, he is literally why the NBA looks like how it looks. Who? Allen Iverson. Iverson. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cats everywhere. Absolutely. Just the street demeanor. Yep. Um, and I feel like the He's league, also the reason why they got to wear suits, too. <laughs> he's the reason. <laughs> yep. He was the first dude that was wearing, like, arm sleeves, the sleeves that everybody wearing. Now, he was getting banned at first. Like, man, he's just a goat. But, yeah, that's what's going on. People in the NBA, the higher-ups, executives, man, they, when they see a black dude doing a thing and they don't like it, they got to change it. You can't wear this. You can't wear jeans. You can't wear white tees. You got to come wear business attire. Uh, but it's like the only thing that I'm kind of surprised they didn't talk to a nigga about was braids. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> you know what? Hold up. I'm trying to think. Did, did he wear the sleeve? I think he wore the sleeve at first because he was getting tatted or something. He said he was trying to cover up the tats because oh. they were new or something. Right. <laughs> So, but man, Allen Iverson just a goat. But yeah, no, they never he, said anything about his tats. He wa- he he's Bruce. the goat in a lot of ways. Yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways. That's another one of my favorite people. Like he's a nigga. Like I don't know. Like I don't think nobody expected him to be who he is. Like right. He kind of like just loved by everybody. I've seen this nigga despite what he went through and all the tears and all the sadness with his NBA career. How it didn't really blossom to what we knew it would have. It could have been. Yeah. Um, but everybody just loved this nigga. And he changed the fucking world. Fuck the game. Right. Changed the world, if you ask me, because, you know, it was like the shit he was doing made them, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. We got to wear suits. We can't, you can't get your hair braided on the sideline no more and all that type right. of shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, because when you look at it, and, and Jordan is, you know, he from a different cloth. Jordan born in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. So Jordan already wearing his suits. This is right. what I want. This is what Even I want. Even though they was ugly than the a baggy motherfucker. ass, bro, you wearing zoot suits, <laughs> ba- dog, zooting all the way, dog. <laughs> like them Steve was Taylor, suits. yeah, the bitch was Taylor, like forty five, motherfucker. <laughs> but you know, so he's safe. But when you got somebody coming in, born in the seventies, close to the eighties, they coming up. Yeah, we don't watch Jordan, Jordan to go, but then we also got rap popping off over here, and we see this is real. So and when I come Iverson to the league, rapped. 
Ah, he did. Duh. Hey, and Kobe rap. <laughs> that nigga made Kobe rap, right? <laughs> nah, that shit was funny. But what a great time to fucking be alive, bro. Man, yeah. You see, real. like, we was really there to, like, really experience people, like, dabbling and, like, trying, like, let me put this verse Look out. Look at Shaq. Shaq. Shaq yeah. is the fucking goat of it all. Oh, man, I just had a conversation about Shaq yesterday. I was leaving out of, uh, I was leaving out of Lowe's after I found them screws, and me and my homie was just talking, like, bro, this nigga Shaq is doing everything. He just did the the fucking drag racing with the NBA All Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still announcing. He did the Street Fighter, uh, the Street Fighter competition, the the little playoff thing with the Street Fighter thing last year. He owned restaurants, he owned movie theaters, he owned all type of shit. Yeah, like when is this nigga gonna stop? Like Never. I think he's making more money now. This nigga on the general insurance commercials. I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> Icy hot. But you know what? And like watching uh, Shaq's story, like you said, man, is once you already kind of know what you want to do and you got the keys, then you just go. Because he said he always wanted to take it to that level. He didn't just want to play basketball. So when he got basketball, started acting, doing the music. Then he like, fuck it, fuck Orlando. I'm going to L.A. Take this shit over. Went to L.A., Biggest motherfucking star of it all. I remember, like, I just remember going to Universal Studios and shit, the Dollar Show. And I just remember seeing um, Taco Bell and they would have the ad. Do you remember Taco Neck? People don't remember Taco Neck. No. Y'all is fucking killing me. What's Y'all Taco? don't remember Taco what Neck? Taco Neck? Dog, that was when Shaq had that little press, doing a little uh, shit for uh, Taco Bell. And he'd be like, you get Taco Neck. Oh yeah, you remember yeah. that? Dog, he was killing me. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah. And, they, and they used to have a poster. I didn't know what you meant. I'm just picturing like a like a like, <laughs> a, just, like a taco neck. Yeah, like you nigga got a neck for a taco for a neck or something. Nah, nigga, we be eating the taco. Yeah, nigga, I remember that shit, neck. dog. And they had a life size poster of Shaq, man, like seven foot. And I just be looking like, dang, like he this big. Ain't nobody doing it. And we was kind of talking about, uh, we talked about Samuel Jackson too, how he the goat of the movies. But we ain't got to get into that right now because Samuel Jackson has been in everything. But Mm -hmm. Shaq has done everything, bro. This nigga got video games, movies, whatever. He been on TV. He he hosts. He can still play and shit. He was one of the greatest players on top of all of that. Yeah, Shaq is uh, is the goat, fam. Um, but yeah, Allen Iverson, the, another, another thing I was going to say about him is another thing that makes him such an um, icon, an impact, yeah, icon, an impactful person is because of what he went through in Virginia with that right. case. Right. Beat it, then went to the NBA. Then went to the NBA. And almost lost the NBA chance because of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think, did he go to jail? It was like for a very short time. Oh, yeah, he time. probably did like a little jail. Yeah, he, yeah, got arrested. He got arrested for sure for that shit. And, yeah, because um, they beat some 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 racist shit. There we go again in, in a bowling alley in Virginia. Some white boy said some wild shit to him, and the fight popped off. But from what I hear, they was all fighting. They was all fighting, and Allen was sort of in the background. But because he was the basketball star, the college, the college level, you getting the exactly. run of the fucking. You know what I'm saying? But still, he went through that, survived it, and went to the NBA, and still was as great as he was. Um, the nigga had shoes. The nigga had everything. He had the the swag. And that was one thing that made him so lovable is because, like you just said, all the shit he was doing, the tats, the braids. Early, before it, it was not popular, though. It was not popular to see. I don't think there was any basketball player with braids in the league before him. 
Oh no! Like I can't remember a basketball player with he dreads. Came in the league, like ninety six. He came in, in the league in ninety six, and I want to say that rookie year he started growing his hair out. I don't think he yeah, had he braids. Came in with the short shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't, or well, by the time that nigga looked like Myron <laughs> <laughs> when he had short hair. He kind of do it like Myron in the face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think anybody was doing it. I remember Scotty Pippen had a, a, a tattoo on his arm. This bitch was so little. Was, nah, but that's how shit was penny. back then. Exactly. Like, niggas would get like you get a single tattoo. They was getting tattoos like girls get tattoos now. Like yeah, so he came to the league like fuck this. I'm gonna grow my hair out. I got braids. <clears throat> tap my arms up. Gonna tap everything up. Gonna throw these chains on. And man, another thing that the league was doing, dog, is like, why y'all didn't give my nigga AI no help? Like, what you mean? Help on his team. Oh, oh, oh. He took one team to the finals that was terrible. Was it Philly? Yeah. He Remember that one time they got to the finals and lost to Kobe and them? Come on, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's what they was doing, man. They used to be taking these players, man, with great talent. That was early, too. I was... that, but that's that's what they were doing, man. I think T-Max suffered from it. Yes, uh, he did. AI, Vince Carter. Vince Carter, yes, uh, he did. He, Vince Carter still suffered from that. Cause he's, <laughs> that nigga's still cold, if you ask me. You know yeah, what I mean? He's, he's, a couple he's years still, ago. Yeah, he's still, he's still good. He's still playing. He's like 40, yeah, 41. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, the league was doing that, man. Just taking advantage of players and their talents, man, and man, running I a think, checkup. I think, but I think that was because maybe they were trying to distribute the stars nigga, instead of having super teams. Man, get because out of even here. for real, like even if you look at trying to stick with the time, <laughs> even, even if you look at Chicago, like Chicago wasn't full of stars. When I mean they became stars, I'm talking about um, Pippen. You know what I'm saying? Talking about uh, you know those last three championships, we had Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. But before that, you said the first right? Okay, the his first three runs, he had. It, it was pretty much Jordan. It was mostly Jordan in that first run. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's Jordan, though. Yeah. But he still has Scotty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't just then him, but my thing they is... Got, yeah, they who, got but who was a serviceable number two playing with Allen Iverson? No one. Nobody. Who was a serviceable... Yao Ming? Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> the league is just... And even, even LeBron was suffering from it at first, in his career, early. In Cleveland. Then he realized, like, nah. He's still suffering from it. Well, he's suffering from it now because yeah. he made it. Yeah, but that's but his fault. Early in his career, though, he gave him seven years, and his best player uh, they added was either uh, Mo Williams or Larry Hughes. That was it. So, NBA, man, they just be on that bullshit. They know what's up. They be milking talent, milking players, because uh, you look better losing. <laughs> you know what I'm you saying? You think so? Like, I think, I, well, I feel like, okay, like Charles Barkley, he never won a title. He's still a great. Like Allen Iverson, like we watched this nigga lose. He never got to the top and won, but we still I mean, we love him even more. Right. But, and and I think uh, that's how career, that's how LeBron's career would have panned it out. If it uh, would panned out had he stayed in Cleveland. But I think he wanted the titles because he understood the conversation of if I'm going to be the great, I got to have some titles. But I think he would have been one of those players that we respect him. Like, he's the greatest, but never won. You know way more about basketball than me. But when did the, when do you think the super team shit started? Would it be L.A.? Would it be Shaq and Kobe? With everybody else that was on the squad, too? Oh, you yeah. Really you talking about that year? Oh, you talking you about that year we beat them? 2000, what, 1990? I mean, no, you're talking about 2004 when they had like Shaq, Kobe, yeah, Gary yeah, Payton, right. Carl Malone. Right, yeah, right, right. A, that is a good example. Then I think after that, 
when you had the team Boston, when you had Ray Allen, KG, right. and Paul Pierce. Dog, and I, my cousin just said that. Like, right. it started way back then, yeah. And I think, you know, LeBron was looking. Because it was LeBron. Like, we, people be trying to hate on LeBron, but he's he is that great. He, he is. He's not the he's not the GOAT. He's not better than Jordan. But, but he, he is, is that great. He is fucking great, yeah. And it was like, once they put that Boston team, like, they put that Boston team in place when it was supposed to be LeBron time for the East. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because he had just got to the finals. And that next year, that's when it came back. Like, KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce got his ass kicked. Two years in a row. Now he's like, fuck this. I'm finna go win me a ring. Wade, what up? Chris Bosch, what up? Because right. he understood. I need to. That make a lot of sense. Yeah. If I can't I can't say I'm the GOAT if I ain't got one, Like, two, y'all three. niggas ain't bringing me no help, so I'm going to fucking, I'm, I'm going to South Beach. And then they got mad. Because my thing was, like, they really tried to drag this nigga over, uh, you know, the whole, like, he did it in front of Boys and Girls Club, and it was like a fundraiser. And it was, what does that matter? Why are y'all offended? Y'all mad because a player of his magnitude said, I mean, let's be real. I can't win it by myself. I'm going to get help. That's what he said. That's why I can respect him for that. And it wasn't like he went to a super stack team. Like yeah. KD. I feel you. You said like, like KD. KD. Yeah. You don't like KD? I mean, no. I mean, KD is a great player, but I think he really chose the easy way out. LeBron went to a team that they had to build. They really, like, that Miami team was top-heavy. They had, like, three good players, and the rest mm-hmm. of them niggas was like, y'all got to figure this shit out. Average as hell. But KD went to a team with current MVPs and and, and niggas in A-prime That's and true. shit. Like, come on, man. That's true. A little less respect there, but, hey, he got the rings. Yeah, I fucks with KD a lot. Uh only thing, only reason I'm, I I don't look at him, like, my nigga E, my nigga Harden, mm-hmm. they fucking hate KD because exactly what you just said. And while I understand it, I would understand more if he didn't go out there and wasn't balling his motherfucking ass off like he is. That's what I because said. Because he killing shit. That's like, what I said. I said if he had not went there and didn't perform underperform, And was just getting carried, you know, right. But it, it's just too easy. It was like, it, it's, it's just too easy like when you watch them play like when, I don't think it's gonna be easy this year I I think this is gonna be the most interesting it has been the most yeah. interesting year in the in the last maybe five four years yeah I think it might be a new champion this year it's hard you it's think hard, so? it's hard but who though man uh, Golden State not number one even though that don't mean shit they're not number shit. one right now they don't ever mean who shit who number one I think Denver right uh, they're not gonna do shit that much, but I think uh, Boston. Even though Boston is struggling, it could be Boston. It could be Toronto. Um, it it could be the Rockets. You never know. It, it's it's hard to really write them off, but I think that this year they're vulnerable because you got KD coming up on that uh, on the free agency, and I don't think you want to play there no more because I think that is not as fun as he thought. I thought he was just going like I think with Russ, he felt like it's not fun. We already know what type of uh, basketball player Russ is. He's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not that cerebral. He's just, he reacts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can't win. You, you really, that's not, he doesn't have championship basketball quality about himself, Russ Westbrook. I'm sorry. But uh, I don't know, man. I think I think KD just took the easy way out. And, and just, that's it. What do you think he should have done? Stayed in OKC? Uh, I won't say that. I won't say that. I just think... Maybe just went somewhere else. Man, you know what, bro? 
because hindsight is twenty twenty, man. But let me tell you something. I was watching, uh, no, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons. You know what Bill Simmons is? Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and they do this pod, they do this uh, little episode or whatever where they, like, go and, like, um, review, like, an old game or something. They reviewed the two, 2016 game six, Golden State versus OKC. Now, if you don't remember... That series, OKC went up on Golden State 3-1. 3-1, three, three, yeah. Then we know Golden State ended up going 3-1 on Cavs and lost. And but, lost, right. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's crazy. Listen, they were reviewing the game and they like. It's weird watching it when you see that he ended up signing with them. Because they was like. They were like Golden State was like me. OKC was up big Which in the game, game. Was they they review game seven? Did, no, they review game six. Six. Oh, okay. y'all could have put them out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all had three straight times to put them out. Right. I think yeah, they had three straight times, but they lost three in a row. Yeah. And and then they was like they was just looking at the turnovers like towards the end of the game, and they was just thinking like, you wonder if Draymond was already recruit, recruiting him in his process, like why they playing, why they in this series. Like, he had to be. And that's whack. That you see what I'm saying? Now it makes me wonder. You know like, homies. Yeah, that's whack. Are like, so as KD, are you not coming into this game ready to give it your all, right, ready to lay it all right. down for us? <laughs> uh, and okay, seeing them because, because you already know what's in your... the back of your mind. You like, okay, even if we do beat them, and it's already hard to beat them, but even if we do beat them, now we got to go play LeBron. So do I want to go to the finals again and go 0-2? Or do I just be like, fuck it? We lose this series. Golden State, y'all go do. They end eventually losing. Now nah, I'm going to sign with them. That shit is kind of whack, man. <laughs> I know we didn't know all this shit while we was watching this shit happen. But, man, it was just like the turnovers and shit down the stretch. It, I don't know, man. It's, it's a lot of shit to just be interesting. But <laughs> I, think, I think KD would have a little bit more respect for me if he just went to a team that, like, you wasn't just up 3-1 on. It didn't just destroy you. Um, already wasn't winning championships. And his excuse was like, well, they didn't win a championship in 2016, so I guess they needed me. Like, dog, how can you say that, bro? They already got a ring, though, yeah. without you. And The same core, nigga. And we know that was a close call. It wasn't like they got slaughtered that year without you. Boy, very close call. It was a very close call. And it was some bullshit to me. Like, <laughs> It was just like maybe... You know, it was a fluke or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, well, LeBron just wanted it that much more than you. It was, it was, it was a fluke. I, I don't want to say it's a fluke because a lot of shit be happening that be flukes and people win. But yeah, it it, it definitely was a load taken off LeBron's shoulders once Draymond got the suspension. They went crazy on them niggas. Oh, Kyrie man. and them dropped like forty, please, and then you know they beat them in Game Seven. Uh, but it is what it is, man. I. I I don't know, man. The NBA is a little interesting right now. You got a lot of players, you know what I'm saying, kind of controlling the movement. Uh, just like, oh, it's a good thing. Like how uh, Rich Paul just did. I don't know if he was paying attention with that, but, you know, Rich Paul is LeBron's boy, and they run Clutch Sports. Well, Rich Paul runs Clutch Sports. <laughs> and, of course, LeBron is signed to Clutch Sports. Right. And, of course, uh, Anthony Davis is signed to Clutch Sports. And he just signed with them in the offseason. Uh -oh. So it's like we already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So basically, they tried to strong arm a trade in the middle of the right, season, exactly. and the NBA rejected that shit. And I think well, not the NBA, but they were just saying like the Pelicans didn't do. But I think behind the scenes, that was a lot of them folks upstairs saying no, nah. no, nah, fuck them, mm -hmm. 
Fuck them. We ain't gonna let him control the power structure again. Right. Y'all trash for that. But unfortunately, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what happened. So now uh, the Lakers are like 31 and 38 and they're missing the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sad, man. This will be the first time I'm gonna miss the playoffs. Man, you know what? The NBA is interesting as hell right now because a lot of the players that I was like, the, like I was looking at to be cold as hell is really not doing shit. Like I was looking at John Wall like probably two years ago. I don't remember what playoff that was. Probably two years ago, like John Wall, that nigga. And then Wait, what? Turn around, John Wall ain't doing a goddamn thing. John, oh, you said John Wall. That, yeah, man, because uh, it's like basketball is, is just funny, man. I think like you really have to be motivated. Like in anything, and he you do. isn't. He's not. <laughs> and uh, it, like for one, I didn't know. Like he's. I'm not gonna say he's illiterate, but he, he kind of is. What like you when mean? you hear him talk, like you can, John Wall. <laughs> you can tell, like yeah, you could tell, like he he the Floyd. He he Floyd. probably didn't do good in school like that. Like he, he was just Floyd a hooper. Mayweather of the, the league and shit, bro. Seriously, and like like his boys, like his immediate friends <laughs> are like niggas is just hood. Right. So it's like I could just see him kind of just, you know, you trying to be in that lifestyle or it's like you're not really taking it serious. And we see like LeBron, he's just never been like that. Like and all he be his throwing up big B's every time he hit a three. Exactly. <laughs> Why is you stacking your set on the court, bro? What are you doing? You killing me. Yeah. But I like that nigga, his set. I don't know what series it was. I think it was two years ago. You think he was in a series against maybe it was Houston or somebody mm-hmm, Boston. in John Yeah, yeah. John Wall was I'm like, this nigga the truth. He's good. Yeah. He's good, but he's just... He's... Man, it's a lot of knocks on John Wall. He can't shoot. He's like ambidextrous. It's weird. It's like, like ambidextrous. He can go left or right. He can finish left or right, but he can't shoot. So when that jumper not dropping, it's just not dropping in his bag, which is why they don't ever win. Shit. Right, right, right. But yeah, like when I was telling people about LeBron, like LeBron to me, has worked on his game like every three years, every three, four years. I'm just being real. He has not really worked on his game. Like, he can't dribble. He's gotten better at the three, but nigga, you 17 years of your career. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes it's just... Um, he got to be good, better on the three now. It, right. Nigga, you've been in the game for 20 like years, been bitch. been in the game for 20 years. <laughs> but I felt like LeBron, like I, like I was saying, I feel like once LeBron realized that he was given the lane to be the man at a young age, he ran with it, which is why he got the chosen one tatted on his back. He could say, I'm the greatest. I'm the GOAT. Who gives a fuck? It's all talk. He already know what this is, nigga. I'm milking this shit. Mm-hmm. As long as I say I'm the best, whatever, they're going to keep coming with this money, keep coming with these endorsement deals. I can control some of the, uh, the power structure in the NBA, which we see that slipping. Because you can tell in your career, we see that's happening. But basically, I was just saying like this. How would you feel if people or what would you do? What would be your mindset if people was telling like, you that next nigga, you finna be the Jordan. This nigga finna be the Jordan. Just like what we were just saying about Tyson. What you going to do? You going to run with it or not? Right. What the fuck else could he do? People can't be mad at uh, LeBron. Dude did the best he could, I think. I think. I mean, I, yeah, he did the best he could. Watching him play, I think he could have been a better basketball player than he already is. If he had a really worked on his game. That nigga is really stiff with the ball. He's stiff as fuck. He can't dribble like I that. I never really realized that until a few years ago. But he's very stiff with the ball. The reason, I think, a re- 
It just be like certain shit he do just make him seem like he better than he is to me. I'm not saying the numbers are there. We already know the numbers there. Right, you right. think the you shit? Talk that shit out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk that shit. I just think the fact that he's a chase down artist really just make him look like more of a monster. And than he, he ain't really even chase down no more. He not even not no more. Right. But, but see, that's what I'm saying, and that's what I was saying. Like he's added little things, right? Because at first he wasn't chasing down, but then all of a sudden he came back like. Oh nah, he chasing down block, boom, boom, smacking right. him off the bat. Oh, like you said, and it looks good. Yeah. So you get like a block or two a game, but it's like, okay, what about your dribbling? What about <laughs> what about your free throws? Right, right. You wanna go to the line so much, can you can't knock your free. Like this nigga is like a career like seventy five. I was gonna say yeah, like some floating around sixty, seventy percent. Right now, like this year he was shooting like sixty six percent. Like that's terrible. Mm -hmm. Your head's not in the game. You don't give a fuck. Yeah. And like I just think like you got to work on your game <laughs> or you either just got to be good enough and just take that shit to the max with just being as good as he is, which is what he did. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, y'all. <laughs> because had he been like, dang, I really can't hit free throws like that. I can't really dribble like that. Oh, man, man I'm not the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Then what would have happened with his career? Probably wouldn't have seen much. So more of the story is, had that confidence, y'all. You think it means shit that he just passed up Jordan? Did that matter? Yeah, it matters. I mean, I think Le and you know what? Like I said, man, LeBron is an interesting person, and that's why I think it's is is it it hits on a bigger magnitude because of his background, where he came from. Like this nigga grew up. This nigga mama was young. This nigga moving around. He's young. He never really had no stability, so his stability only came through basketball. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, but what was the question you just asked? Like, does it matter that he passed him, Jordan? Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, I, I actually been thinking about this since he passed it up a few days ago. And I'm like, that's great on paper, but we all know the game of NBA is different than it was 25 years ago. Oh, you ain't trying to go there. Oh, uh, you got to, though, because it was not easy for Jordan to do what he was doing. Now, it is, I mean, there's not, everybody's not passing on Jordan in 2019. Only LeBron did that. So that's an accomplishment for sure. But my thing is, it seems like a much more free-flowing game than it was then. But see, if I'm not mistaken, he also did, did he do this in a hundred? He did it. He did this in like more games. Less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it in, in, in a yeah. longer time frame. Yeah. And the reason I got to say you got to give it some credit, I think we don't want to give it credit like that because we're like, this is LeBron. Like, nigga, so what if you pass the shit? What about the rings? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, let's be real. Nobody's really doing that. Nobody's doing that. And like I was Bill about Russell. to say, yeah, <laughs> like, what I was saying was like, with a kid like LeBron who's probably, you know, coming from that background, you know, you you, you know, you don't really know who you are, which is like, he says, I'm not a scorer, I'm not a scorer. You're not a scorer? <laughs> you, you've been scoring. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been scoring the ball, bro. But I feel like it's it's hard for him to look in the mirror sometimes and really find out who he is because of where he came from. That's just what I think. Right. Um, but do I think it's an accomplishment, man? Added to the list is great. You watched your idol play and you was able to pass his record. Yes, yeah, that's, that's my address. What's yeah. up? But it, I mean, it don't mean it don't necessarily mean much. But um, and at the end of the day, though, my nigga LeBron, he's one of my favorite players ever. I do think that he could have had more championships on his belt. You ever seen him in person? No. No, actually, I have. Like actually, play, I mean, you ever been to a game like the Pistons versus... Don, one time, took me to a game. 
and this fool got injured. This was like the only time he's ever gotten injured in a game and left. LeBron? LeBron. I think he was going to the hoop and Antonio McDyce swiped and hit his finger or something. This nigga went to the back and came back out with clothes. I was so fucking mad. Oh, my God. No, I don't I thought the only time he ever got injured and left was just last month. That's the only time he nigga came back out with his clothes on. Oh my god! On the, bench. the one time you get to see dog, this the nigga, one dog. time, dog. I was so like confused, like <laughs> man, that shit was planned, bro. That nigga just dog, didn't want to play that. That's day. how I feel, man. I felt like the injury he had this year was planned. Yeah, because he wanted. Nigga, what the nigga say? Load management. I'm tired. I bro, can't do this shit. But listen, but see, it was all in place so they could try to get AD. And uh, I said, and when I was watching the game, I'm like, Doug, I'm like, why it don't look like he hurt himself? This is what I said <laughs> when I was watching the game. I like, wouldn't be surprised. Don't look. Then nigga at work, there's a nigga named, uh, this nigga Kurt. I don't know if you remember Kurt, but he used to hoop for the uh, for the squad. You didn't go to King, I'm blow, but anyway. Yeah, he used to hoop for the squad. And he was like, man, you know, he was defending him like, man, he older. You know, he's not really, like you said, he kind of stiff anyway. So he's not really. But I'm like, dog, just the way he fell, bro, it wasn't like he did a whole split. <laughs> like, for him to for him to go down like that and miss out 17 games. So he goes down. The next thing you know, oh, AD wants to get traded to the Lakers. Then it, LeBron just sitting all the way out. Le- LeBron has set out from December 25th to after the trade deadline. Get the fuck out of here. Damn. It was, he missed like Niggas is out here playing chess, dog. Desired, and I knew that's what it was, but it didn't work. And um, yeah, man, AD should never sign that big dumbass contract in the first place. But that's what be happening, man. Players know they be talking on the low. Just like when uh just like for the All-Star game where they doing a the new uh format now where like they got captains and then you pick your squad or whatever. And LeBron was picking like all the free agents in the summer and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause he know what's up. I mean, and then you had, man, there's a lot of shit going on. But then you had KD talking about how it's toxic to play around LeBron now and all that shit. And I'm like, damn. I kind of felt like that because, like, KD you said, said that. What do you KD mean? said that because he, like, because you remember Kyrie didn't want to play LeBron no more. So you're like, what the fuck going on? But he's saying it's like, it's this toxic environment. It's like he got fanboys in the media. So it's like when you're around a situation where it's like every time something go good, it's this guy, but when it's bad, it's y'all. How do you think they make the locker room feel? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm and, not surprised to hear that. Yeah, and like I said too, Chris Boussard had a good point. Like at this point, LeBron, he needs to just stick to a uh, either a position. You need to go point guard like Magic, or you need to go small forward because you are not athletic enough. You don't have the energy enough to really run the whole offense like you want, bro. You can't do that shit. So now you got ple- people. And players standing around because you trying to make up your mind 15 seconds going down off the shot clock. And it's just, man. That's yeah. true, man. It's some knocks on his game. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, overall, he's still a great player. Yeah. Ain't nobody perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, you know way more about basketball than me. Which is why, like, I can kind of talk sports. But mostly I just be listening. Because it's fascinating shit. You know, when we was young, I was never into that shit. Yeah, but the older I got it, you know, becomes more appealing and shit. Of course. Um, my cousin, which I always found weird as fuck, um, 
that he got into basketball because when we was kids, this nigga was like, basketball stupid as fuck. Niggas just throwing a ball through a hole. Yeah, you must not be talking about Derek. Not, yeah, not you as Must nigga. be talking about so Derek. So you know what I said. I so remember he, him saying that. And now this nigga know all the stats. I remember I told him, <laughs> I remember I told him wrestling was fake. He got mad as shit. Like basketball. That's a matter of fact. That was his response. Yeah, he got I, mad. I, I remember that. Man, Y'all basketball niggas, saying he threw the ball through a little hoop. I'm like, but it's, but it's real though. <laughs> Wrestling, that's all I was saying. That, that it was all, and that, I, I have never said that to him because I kind of just be looking at him like, nigga, he used to hate basketball. Like, right, nigga was well, he know, me. He know more about basketball than probably both of us. Nah, shit. Man, because that shit is, is, I don't, you know what? I ain't going to lie, dog. I got to be real. I done went through the trenches with LeBron. <laughs> and this nigga, rec, finals record is three and six. So I don't watch you lose six times, bro. I'm going to confess this today. Okay. I didn't like LeBron for a long time. And you know why? Because of that video of him taking off his warm-ups and throwing them so that little boy couldn't get them. Wait, what? You don't remember? Oh, so you know you got the nigga on the sideline who collect the jerseys and the, sh- yeah. the warm-ups when they take them off or the towels and yeah. shit. LeBron, this is a long time ago. Y'all niggas know what I'm talking about. He was standing on the sideline about to come in like it was free throw time and the buzzer about to ring. He coming up on the floor. Or maybe it was like the beginning of the game or something. Taking off his warm-ups, he takes the top off, he throws it over here. Not give it to the boy standing right behind him. Throws it on the floor. The boy go get it. He take his pants off or whatever and throw them that way. He took something else off. Maybe it was his headband or something. I don't know. It couldn't have been a headband. We know he never, he never took that off back then. <laughs> right. Something else. It was like a third article. He's throwing it. The boy is trying to get his hand in a way to catch it. And LeBron, like, threw it away from him. Like, dog. Was he looking at him? No, he knew it. He did this shit on purpose. Oh, I'm like, why are you doing this to this young, young nigga work? Like, is he this, probably just playing with is, him. Is this hazing? But the look on his face was just so dead. Like, no laughing, nothing. And he, that's when I stopped liking LeBron. Because I'm but, like, dog, this nigga's a fucking asshole. But sometimes, man, sometimes I do think, like, they don't be paying attention. No, sometimes. he was looking right at this nigga, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> you got to see the video. I got to see it. I'm surprised you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. I got to see it, man. Um, Because I've seen this video a thousand times. But I, I feel so bad for that young nigga. And I'm like, bro, why would he do this to him? Like, man, you know it's crazy how, like you said, the times change, and you watch the game now. You go watch like some games like five years ago. Yeah, and it looks different. Yes, and you like, wow, like niggas was playing different five years ago. Like the spacing on the floor just looks crazy. Not, and that's exactly Golden State or whoever responsible for this shit Golden changed State. the fucking league to where now the playbook. Is in the garbage and niggas wrote a whole new one. Right. Niggas is playing different. All the motions is different. Positionless ball. Yeah, but this because it's like really, really what happened is LeBron kind of changed the, the guard on that. LeBron was the first player because it was like people was like y'all don't know how big he is. <laughs> like right. I don't think we really knew. So what happened was when you had a player like him who's six eight, he's mobile, he can play like any position. Now you had teams like, damn, how can we be somebody like this nigga? We got to do something. We got else. to. And then, because listen, Miami was playing with it. Because remember, Chris Bosh used to uh, go between the four and the five sometimes. Okay. But, and then he started shooting because he was like a 20 and 10 guy before he got to Miami. When he got to Miami, his stats kind of dropped off. That's why they also just say LeBron is a teammate killer. Um, Sheesh. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but, but you got to learn how to play with him. 
So that's when he started realizing, all right, we got to give Brown some room. I'm going to step back to this three and learn how to shoot these bitches. And I think, like, once the league starts seeing that, then you start, okay, we need some, some you know, because you had Dirk. Dirk was already in the game, but that was like, it wasn't no seven-footer like Dirk that was cooking niggas up and shooting. Right. But then you got a nigga like KD coming in the league. Yep, so yep. You see how it changes, and then, you know, the, the whole Golden State team, like, that was just crazy. You had, like, two shooters that, like, these motherfuckers shoot, like, 90%. Like, he, he couldn't beat them. That's like, scary. LeBron can't beat teams that got good shooting. <laughs> He can't beat teams that got good shooting and are like real coached. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. But that makes sense. Still a GOAT, man. <laughs> can't beat them all. Yeah, Golden State was like a team of Ray Allens with more <sighs> athleticism or something. Like, like he, I, man, I, he should have won against Dallas. He should have won. Man, he should have won a few of them championships left on the table, but, you know, it is what it is. I think it was a lot of. Confusion going on that first year in Miami between him and Wade. They ain't really know what team it was. Wade was still kind of the man. Then after Wade that, County, yeah, Wade County. Then after that, Wade said, "You know what? You got it." And they won two championships. <clears throat> Another thing too, real quick about that shit is I think Wade. I think Wade is smarter than we think. And you say this why? I think he's very smart. But why because do you say that? You kind of like, wait, why would Wade want Brown over there? You you would think they want to compete. But then it's like when you think like Wade has had bad knees literally since he came into the NBA. Mm -hmm. He got drafted with bad knees. Right. He had like knee surgery in college. And of course, like technology wasn't as advanced. So Plus they, knee surgery is fucked up anyway. Yeah, they took something. They did something where they took like the cartilage out of his knee. Yeah. Uh, When now they learn like they should have just left it in. And just worked around it. Yes. So now I'm looking like, okay, he bring LeBron. It's hindsight. Bring LeBron there in like 2010. Y'all got a four-year run. Y'all win two more rings. You already got a ring without him. So you already know you solidified. You already played with another Hall of Famer, even though you won MVP. But you know you need that other nigga. So you bring him. And it's like y'all be trying to like sell this like we're friends shit, which I think was bullshit. I think that was the gas so we wouldn't feel as like two great people playing Matt, you know, meeting up, team up and shit. Right. I don't really think the niggas was friends like that. I think they was probably cool. Like we probably got drafted together, like, yeah, what up though, Brian? All right, man, good <laughs> to see you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we cool in the locker room when it's uh when it's the all-star game and shit, yeah. But y'all niggas ain't friends like that. <laughs> y'all might, you know, y'all might have took a vacation, but y'all not friends like that. So you got Wade, you pretty much use LeBron so you could get more championships right. and still be considered one of the greats. And now you retire. <laughs> I like Wade. Yeah. What, three years later you retire? No, was it three years? No, yeah, no. Yeah, it was, it was no, some, no. four years, something like that, yeah. Two, no, four. maybe, when no, they went, 2012? No, because Brian left in 14, so yeah, 14. No, four, he just did four years in Cleveland. So, yeah, so five years later, you retire. Like, right, 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 right. I'm out the game. Here's my farewell tour, y'all. I got three rings. Right. Boom. Use LeBron to get them two rings, though. That's what's up, though. That's how you got to do it. And then, you know, act like y'all got this, this special friendship and shit. Y'all niggas knew what it was. <laughs> I had no idea we'd be talking about this much about sports because I'm not the nigga to talk about sports. But interesting shit, like I said. Um, 
one last thing I guess I want to talk about was um, um, even if it's just quick is I read I don't know if you know about this show called Unsolved show about Big and Pac's murder but it's a TV show like a drama mm. but it's about the investigation okay wait um, I thought this was one that ain't never come out no it's, it's, on, it's on Netflix right now okay Unsolved so the show I, I, I saw it it's been on my list on Netflix quote unquote my list excuse me and um i was like i just want to check this shit out like it's probably gonna be horrible but let me check it out so turn the show on looks like it's gonna be horrible i powered through it powered through the first few minutes where it seemed horrible and kind of got into it and the show is good as fuck so for anybody who hasn't seen it check this shit out unsolved on netflix about big and pox murder it's a tv show not a movie or documentary 10 episodes all hour long i think about the investigation. Now, the way they did this show is so interesting because I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. There's like three timelines going on simultaneously that all run into each other, of course, because that's how time works. Mm -hmm. But, so say timeline number one, they're showing from like 92 to like 97, 96 when Pac and Big die. So they're showing the life of Big and Pac weaving in and out throughout the whole 10 episodes. It's like a mini series um they're showing their relationship with each other their individual come-ups biggie's relationship with puffy and how he disagreed with how puffy was handling on second release which i never knew biggie did not like juicy biggie did not like all of those soft ass r&b samples he didn't like them i didn't know that um he disagreed with him because he wanted to do more like ready to die hardcore shit drum beat drum breaks and that New York shit. Yeah, Diddy he, had another vision. Yeah, Diddy had that uh, that money vision. That that, vin- <clears throat> that vision. Yeah, uh, he wanted to make him a star, which which worked. You know what I'm saying? Because we saw what it did. Even though he died, we saw what those songs did. Juicy is still being played every day. Right. But anyway, um, they showing those relationships. They showing Pac um, going through his shit with Jimmy Hinchman, the rape accusation with Ayanna Jackson, um, him getting shot at quad. Him and Big's friendship and how that eventually went south. Um, you know, all of that. Then timeline number two is 97. Big just gets killed. Pac been dead for six months. They're showing the two people put in charge of this investigation struggling to figure out what the fuck is going on while figuring out slowly but surely that the LAPD in some way or shape or form has something to do with this shit. Right. So they're being suppressed at every turn because they don't want that bad laundry to be aired in public. So they're being shut down. The investigation keeps getting stopped and canceled and people taking off the investigation and put on other shit to keep them, deter them from finding out the truth. Um, there's a lot of working pieces in this shit. The reason I'm bringing this shit up is because this shit is like thousands of times deeper than I ever thought. Bruh. There's a third timeline they're showing. They're showing 2007 to maybe like 2010, 2008 or 9 or something when they released the, when they formed the the federal task force to solve this shit in response to um, Valletta Wallace's $400 million lawsuit against the city of LA. That she won. Did she? I believe she won that. Okay, I don't even know that, but so this is, this is, this is, this is how it worked. The second timeline I mentioned from 97 to 
I think it went from like 97 to 2007 where where this guy is like obsessed with this case, but he keeps getting shut down because he's finding that LAPD is somehow involved, even if it's just some rogue cops being hired by death row. Mm -hmm. They eventually railroad him off the case and he's frustrated and he's still obsessed with it because he knows the truth, but they won't let him expose the truth with facts. So he writes a book. He writes a book called L.A. Some Shit. I don't remember. He has the book to Valletta Wallace. She reads it. And it makes sense to her. He's connecting a bunch of dots that nobody else connected for. Her, but all he lacked was the physical, undisputed evidence that would prove these things right. But he made a lot of sense. All right. With names, investigations, interviews to back it up. She reads the book and she like, the LAPD killed my son. So she puts this lawsuit out. And then it forces L.A. to act because either y'all going to be bankrupt because they like, shit, if we lose this fucking lawsuit, we're going to be fucked up. Right. So they're forced to act. That's when they for form the task force. And that's why the third timeline exists from 2007 on. Different team, but the same investigation using some of Detective Poole's results and his findings in their, in their work. Right. But... The most intriguing shit about this is the is all the working parts in it and how Death Row really is brilliant as fuck. Although this is a very dark and sick thing, but like this proved to me without a doubt that Suge Knight is really a fucking gangster. They could not find this nigga to be guilty. At least not very easily. And no, they still haven't convicted him of being involved in anything related to this, really, because he went to jail for killing the dude at the movie set just four four years ago or whatever. She did, uh, yeah, she didn't win that lawsuit. I think it got dismissed. Yeah, it got dismissed because the task force found out that it was somebody working for Suge Knight that ended up killing Biggie. But so there, it's like ups and downs. It's a fucking roller coaster because at first. Here's something you might not have known that was crazy to me. Here's something that anybody might not have known. So there's a guy named Keefy D who works security for Biggie. He's a Southside Crip. Mm -hmm. He is accused of killing Biggie at one point because he did security for Biggie, was unpaid, and they thought it was retaliation for not being paid by Biggie to have him murdered outside of the museum in LA. Right. So they're like, okay. He might be the suspect. He might be the killer. We don't know for sure, but he's the man of interest. They find out that Orlando is his fucking nephew. Orlando is the nigga that he's accused of killing Pop. Right. On some unrelated shit, almost. That did kill Pop. They said he did. But I don't know. After all the motherfucking twists and turns in the show, I don't even know who they think killed Pop at this point. But Keefy D said that Orlando killed him. He said they're in they're in um they're in Vegas all together to see this fight. Yeah. Um They're leaving the Tyson fight. They're walking through um probably weeks earlier, Orlando had jumped one of the death row dudes after he had just got his death row chain, snatched his chain and wanted to keep it for like bragging rights. You all know how niggas do. Right. A week, few weeks later or whatever, months later, they had the MGM after the Tyson fight. They all walking through, pocketing them, walking through the corridors and shit. 
And the nigga that got jumped looked to the, looked to his left like, that's Orlando standing in the motherfucking casino. They all back up. He like, Pac, that's the nigga that jumped me and tried to take my chain right there. Pac goes and stumps about as we all saw on camera in the motherfucking MGM casino. And then he leaves there. They go up to their room. He get ready to go to 662 or whatever the name of that club is. So they could party for the night. He told Kadada to, or whatever fuck. Kadafi. Kad, yeah, no, no, no. Um, Quincy Jones' daughter. Just oh. stay in the hotel room. Don't come out because he thinks something's going to happen tonight. He leaves. Go to the club. On the way to the club, he riding down the set. Um, The head of, secu- head of Tupac security, he only had one security guard. They were instructed not to bring guns. This is weird. He's telling them, we should take a different way. Should want to be seen. So we riding up the strip. Right. They riding up the strip. That last picture we all seen of Tupac alive that somebody took riding alongside of them while he's in the fucking Beamer or the Biz or whatever. That's as a fan because it's should want to be seen. Right. It's some girls on the other side of the car screaming, Tupac, Tupac. So they go on that side to take that last, that famous picture we all seen of Tupac sort of looking sad in the car. Nigga just looking like... Yeah, like, what the fuck going on? This is moments before he dies. The car pulls up, and the and Keefe D is like, we all in the parking lot, like, you know, Orlando just got jumped. I know where they're going. They're going to the club tonight. Let's get in the fucking Cadillac and go. Let's find them niggas. Right. They went to 662. They wasn't there yet. So they're like, all right, man, these niggas ain't here. They no shows. They go and ride. They're like, let's go to this gas station over here. They riding, and they see them niggas. They hear the girls calling, Tupac, Tupac. Keefe D, Orlando in the car with two other niggas. They pull up. Orlando is sitting on the side that Tupac is on. So Keefe like, I can't make this shot because I got to reach over the driver to do it. You do it. Orlando takes the gun. Bow, 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 bow. Pull off. Now, now mind you, Orlando is a blood, right? He's a crip. Suge and his niggas is bloods. He's a crip. Keefe D and Orlando bloods. I mean, uh, Crips. Suge okay. is blood. All Suge people is blood. But he got Crips too, though. But that's some other shit. But the fact that Keefe D is accused of killing Biggie and Orlando is accused of killing Tupac and their nephew and uncle, <laughs> this is crazy as fuck. Right. They ended up saying, nah, I don't think, I don't think Keefe D is, acu- is, is the shooter of biggie but he's involved somehow you know he's he's a part of the collusion they ended up finding like it's just so much crazy shit to Yo, this dog is this is this dude that you're talking about did he just do a, a interview with yes. lad yes he did okay see bro listen i was telling people man my bro was telling me about this years ago mm-hmm. about how he heard his detective releasing all this information saying like Puffy was in on this shit. Yeah. Uh, all of this shit going down. <laughs> Nobody does. And I listen, I hadn't saw it though, but I was telling people like, yeah, man, bro, some niggas looking at me like, you should have it. But he was like, yo, he like, he think that's why Puffy was signing all of them, like signing artists to all them bad contracts because he think he was getting extorted. He's like, why else would a nigga be signing people to all these contracts, signing all these new acts, always breaking somebody, right? Because it's always better when you got new acts, right? Mm-hmm. So you come in it because, it, listen, it's hard to do platinum over and over again. So if I can get one group to do platinum, y'all burnt out for the second one, get somebody right on in. That was Puffy's method. And he like, that had to be him being able to pay niggas off. Right. 
And I also had watched years ago. I had watched this thing on YouTube called Breaking the Oath. Mm. You ain't ever saw that? No, I don't think so. Man. And they was talking about how this this was before Korean ever said anything about that shit. And they was talking about uh, after the first time Pac had got shot. And remember, that's when he was like, you know, he ba- basically blamed it on Bad Boy. And there was this interview with uh, Vibe and it was uh, Puffy and Big. I want to say it was an interview where uh, Puff had on the uh, Steelers or he had like a hockey jersey on, like a Steelers or something like that. And uh, like Biggie was talking and he was like, man, you know, he was like, man, you just got in your, shot in your head a few times. Like, you know, your head, your mind spinning, man. You bugging, man. Like, we don't get down like that. The camera was zooming in. <laughs> like, not the real camera, but the nigga who made the documentary was zooming in on, like, a, a puffy face. Bruh, and I'm telling you, dog, it was written all over his face. It was written all over his face that he was guilty, dog. That he had something to do with that first <laughs> shoot. Like, he was just sitting there looking like, like, dog. But he could have. I, I, but and I believe I believe what Big was saying was true from Big, his standpoint. From his standpoint, exactly. Big is like we ain't got shit to do that. We up here recording. They see little C's out the window, probably blowing, looking down on whatever street quad on. It's somewhere like near Times Square. Yeah, he looking down. He like Pop walking up the street with his niggas. He like yo Pop. He like what up? He like come up here. We up here recording. He like bet. He come in the room. You know that seems innocent enough. Uh, I mean, I don't think C's knew that them niggas was going to be coming down the street. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, he walks in the lobby to take the elevator up and some niggas in there waiting on him. I don't know. I don't know. But Big is like, nigga, I ain't got shit to do with that. Big, and now, the people that were waiting on him in the elevator were uh, members of the uh, the people we had the rape allegation with. What was the name? Oh, the Jimmy Henchman niggas. Yeah, yeah, right? They were some henchmen people. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah. Because the case had already happened at that point, and they were mad because I think they felt like Pac was kind of pointing a finger to them. And uh, I... Doc, I really don't know what to make of this shit, but the fact that no one has ever been like convicted, um, it just sounds like... It sounds believable. Like, it's up, man. You for anybody like anybody who really knows me know that I'm obsessed with this fucking these cases. Because this is the most mysterious shit, dog. Like <laughs> deep as fuck, the most mysterious shit that's ever happened in hip hop. And the oh. shit happened in my lifetime. Like Yeah, oh, but then they was talking about how like uh who was that? I forgot, but they was saying like basically like Shug, you know, he he pretty much took uh, you know, the street game to the music game. So he would be trying to like, you know, just basically he, he'd come at you crazy because he felt like he could punk you. Like he would be trying to take artists. They said that he was trying to take Puffy's artists. Like he had tried to get like uh, Mary J. He tried to do something else or whatever. And then they also said like, I think when uh, he found out that like Puff wasn't going for it, for it they said that um, he sent the threat or like, was I don't know, he sent the threat or he was really trying to have like Puffy hurt. He said that. Puff in the in the documentary, Puff answered the phone and hung up and was like, they trying to kill me. Now <laughs> deep now. That's that's what make it real deep. Because if you don't know, because like like just like Puff said, 
That's why Puff always handled it good. Now you look at him versus you look at Suge. We don't promote that. We don't promote that over here at Bad Boy. We just trying to make some music. Right. It's about good vibes, right? right? So now you're looking at, I mean, this nigga ain't. You but probably don't even know it. Yeah, but meanwhile, <laughs> I'm connected too. Right. Oh, you, oh, oh, okay. That's what you're trying. You're trying to send some niggas over here? All right, I know what's up. So look, this and this what this is what I forgot to mention while I was telling this Keefe D slash Orlando shit. Mm-hmm. There isn't a it isn't a coincidence that the Southside Crips through Keefe D is running security for Biggie. Puff knew that blood that basically Death Row as an organization was Pyru. So they had their tips. Back and forth, whether it be the uh, the goddamn Source Awards when that shit happened, whatever awards that was, when yeah. uh, he said dancing all in videos, uh, you know, all that shit happened. Puff, me, Snoop and them moms got killed in New York and shit. That was before Pac even came home. He gets Pac out, basically to move as a soldier. Diddy is like, okay, we need some motherfucking protection too. And who else better to do it than some motherfucking Crips? Right. So he goes and get Keefy D to run security for Biggie. Um, that was why they were saying, uh, what, 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 the, what was I, what was the, what was the, the end game of that though? They were saying that Puff told Keefy D like, man, I'll give anything for them niggas heads because they kept putting pressure on them. Right. Suge's homie get killed, killed outside the club and Suge blamed Diddy. Diddy like, man, I ain't had shit to do with that. I'm in the club. What you want me to do? Right. So they and they in the back talking and he like shit man I'll do anything for them niggas heads. Keefy D like take that shit literally. What you what you want? And then next thing you know, motherfucking Pac dead. So it was almost like the shit with Orlando was just a reason. You know it looked like that's the reason it he's looked, dead, but exactly. the reason really is because Puffy already put the motherfucking idea in Keefy D's head. Like I need these niggas gone. Right. Now you done jumped my nephew. This is his head of security. You done jumped my nephew and MGM on camera. Now we got reason. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> you know what I'm squeeze saying? off on this Dog, nigga. this shit is so fucking deep. Yo, that's that's really crazy, dog. And I remember, like, I remember years ago, like, uh, Don used to always be like, man, he always felt Puffy had something to do with it, like, early on. And it was just crazy. Uh, like, I was watching um, Puffy was on a... Uh, did he think he did an interview with Funk Flex or something? You saw that? Did he? Yeah, he did like an interview with Funk Flex and shit. And it was just like, when he got to talking about like Biggie in that situation, <clears throat> you it, he almost seemed like he turned into a different person, dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just seemed like it was almost like he was just anticipating, like, I hope Flex don't ask me nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope he don't posi- you know, put me in a corner. But it was just making me think, like, dog, this nigga has some secrets. He uh, has some secrets about what, what happened with that shit. I don't doubt that at all. And I, I, I do believe that that's pretty much what it was. I think it's like when you got and got the big dogs and, and we at it, and I'm like, oh, nigga, look, now off one of your artists. What's up, nigga? You thought you could touch me? I can get niggas touched, too. All right, well, you can get niggas touched. Look at Biggie. Right. Now... Like you said, I don't know if the cops killed Biggie or if it was a hit and then like they paid off some cops to cover it up. But that's the thing, though. When they started investigating Death Row, like 
Clearly, it looks like Death Row retaliated by killing Biggie because of what happened to Pac just six months earlier in September. Right. Biggie dies in March. Yeah. March 2nd or March 7th, something like that. March 9th. March, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it looks like retaliation. So they're like, is it the LAPD or is it Death Row? But then you look into Death Row and they have several police officers on their payroll. Several, not one. Right. They have DAs, police officers, Everybody. everything. And then what made it even weirder, it was so many layers in his cake. Because what made it even weirder, what I never knew was that when Suge went on trial for violating his probation for what happened in the MGM stumping out Orlando, mm -hmm. Orlando went and testified on Suge's behalf and said, no, he didn't do shit. He was trying to break up the fight. He wasn't stumping me. When we clearly seen him kicking him in the video, <laughs> but Orlando was like, no, he was breaking up the fight. Why is Orlando, a Southside Crip, testifying on a Pyru boss's behalf? They like this shit is deeper than it seems. Yeah, because, because if or if Orlando killed Pac, which everybody assumed or had something to do with it, how are you testifying on Suge's behalf? How y'all friends know? Man, that should be connected and strategic, dog. And then that's I was they was they kept trying to corner. They like we know Suge got something to do with this shit, but they couldn't pin it on them. And that's how, bro, <laughs> yo, and. We fucking saw that clip of him on a uh, talk show when he was t basically talked about poisoning Easy E. Mm -hmm. Like he basically admitted to the shit, but we hadn't been able to prove it, and that's like he had to do that shit. This dog. motherfucker's crazy. Like <laughs> right. they said, like the nigga was in the street, so he took that mentality to the game, and it's like he thought that he could strong arm everybody, and it's like. I think once he realized he couldn't, that's when he respected you a little bit more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even with Dre, like, we say, like, Dre got out of there. We, we been wondering, like, how do these niggas get, a, you know what I'm saying? But, nigga, you can't push me like that, nigga. You know what? I ain't fucking with you no more. You can have everything you own. I'm gone. You can have all of it. Right. Niggas got the fuck on for that niggas. They knew he was crazy, bro. So, like, man, it was this one one situation they was talking about happening to Death Row where they made a motherfucker uh, drink piss. Yeah. Cause he well, he was trying to get some information on Puffy, I believe they was asking him, like where Puffy be at or where they wanted his home address or some they shit. They did that in the sh in the in the show too. They invited this nigga who I think he did promotions or something for Diddy. Yeah, they invited him to a party. He walked okay, in like that's what damn, it was a party. Yeah, yeah it's in a match like a matching party. Like damn, y'all niggas doing it big up here. There's bitches in here. They stripping and shit. They invite him into a room. They talking to him. It's Pac and Shug. They talking to him. Pac don't say nothing. He's just looking at this nigga sitting. Suge walk him in the room, he's like, yeah, this is my artist, Pac. Pac, like, what up? He talking to him, like, yeah, man, uh, you know, I want you to come do promotions for you. We'll give you uh, some astronomical amount. We'll give you 500000 to just do, just work for us. He like, shit. He was like, but we need some information from you. Like, what's, where do Diddy live and where do his mama live? He like, man, I can't tell you that shit. <laughs> right. Like, where do his mama live and where do he live? Bro, I can't tell you that. I can't do that. Suge walk out. Suge had already walked out with Pac. They just walked. They closed the door. These two goons asking him this. He's like, all right. They start beating the shit out of this nigga. I don't know. They didn't show him drinking piss, but they definitely showed him beating the fuck out of him. It's like, so that show you right there. Like, if they wasn't going to kill, you know what I'm saying? They was trying to kill Diddy. They was trying to kill this nigga. They thought, and that's the thing. Nigga, more, he, he, 
you thought it would be easy. You know right. what I'm saying? You think it would be easy to get somebody close to him, you know, uh, attractive with money. And then, hey, let me get this information. When you see, like, he got niggas He's on his side. too, that, right. Nigga, I can't, I can't do like, that. Like, yeah, I'm dancing, but bro, I'm from Harlem. I can't Harlem. do that. Right. <laughs> I can't, I can't give you that inf- I got it, can't give it to you. I get my ass beat. I'll, I'll take the ass whooping and drink piss, but I ain't telling on my mans. Fuck y'all. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. It, it's just fucked up, though, that it's like, when it, it seems like it really started because... Suge was trying to bully his way into the game because, hey, nigga, I'm that nigga. You got these artists. I want your artists. Mm-hmm. You going to artists and trying to brown buy them out when a nigga don't go for that. Now you mad. You want to try some shit, but you trying it with the wrong nigga. And unfortunately, or fortunately for, for Puff, but unfortunately for, for uh, Big, I think Puff knew what was going on, knew what he was doing, kept his artists out of it. Didn't tell him what was going on. And unfortunately, he, you know, he bit the bullet for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's tough, dog. It's, that shit is so weird. Like, looking at that situation from that way and be thinking like, dog, that's how he lost Pac? It's dumb shit. And that's what I was going to say. Ultimately, all I really got from this fucking documentary, docuseries, or whatever you want to call it, is that Suge Knight ruined hip-hop. Wow. On two coasts. You know what I'm saying? Right. You ruined hip hop by exasperate, exasperating, exasperating the problem, or whatever the word is, that was minute in scale, and then just pour fuel on the fire because you knew it was gonna make, generate money and talk and whatever right. else you needed for death row to be what it is. Right. Because all death row is surrounded around controversy. Even if you look at two, I mean Snoop Dogg's career, what happened? Murder was a case. murder. <laughs> right. And it blew him up. I mean, you know, sad yeah. to say. It blew, yeah. That was really, t- oh, Snoop got a murder case. And then it was like, okay, this nigga, I think he said he made murder is the case before that. And it just happened. Like, that's when he was like, I got to change my music. Niggas is out here watching. There's right. something deeper that's going on. <laughs> he like, I got to change my music because I'm speaking shit into existence at this point. Right. So now he like, man. Niggas is looking at Snoop like this nigga really living the shit he talking about. Exactly. This nigga done murdered somebody. And even before that, we can go before that. Before the inception, the actual inception of Death Row, his involvement with Easy E and the and the, you know, and Dre. Yeah. Being their bodyguards or whatever he was doing before that. And, you know, his involvement in the streets is like everything surrounding this nigga is controversy and and evil. Right. And it even carried up into the late, the early 2000s when, you know, he was signing Crooked Eye and all these niggas, like, Crooked just all the way through. I mean, evil all the way through his tenure as a boss. They say, they, they say he had beat the fuck out somebody because he parked on his parking spot one time. Yeah. Dre, like, Dre, like, Dre was with him. Like, they was getting, going to get in their car, or no, they was pulling up and saw somebody parked in his shit. Beat the shit out of this nigga. He and Dre like, just looking at him like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. This nigga crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's man. That's, and, and that's what he's talking about, dog. Like, it ain't nothing in this world like power. Like, y'all think it really be the money? It's not. It's what the money can do. Yes. And, and power is a real thing. And he was on a power trip. He was feeling <laughs> himself. He was in the streets. He got it out the mud. He was doing security. He worked his way up to be one of the top CEOs in the game. And to do that, he would kill you. 
Right. To get there, he would take and kill you and disrespect you. And unfortunately, this is what happens. So uh, now he's in jail, you know, because I think he got into a fight. He ran his friend over or something. You know, some shit happened. Uh, some stupid shit. Yeah, he like ran his friend over or something. Like, I don't know if he did it on purpose or he did it by mistake, but now well, he's I in saw jail. the tape. I actually saw him run him over. That um, wasn't by mistake. I think it was by mistake, but I think it was just, it was like a mistake, but it was like on purpose too. Like, if you would have seen what happened first, so here's why it isn't really a mistake. Suge wasn't supposed to be there, my nigga. I think they were shooting straight out of Compton the movie or something for Dre. Mm-hmm. Dre don't fuck with you. Right. Why are you pulling up? I think somebody owed him some money or maybe he was coming to pressure Dre about some money. Nigga, just. You're not going to see Dre. Dre is bigger than you were. Right. You're not gonna see him. Uh, he might have seen him, but still, you ain't gonna. You're not gonna pressure Dre for nothing. You're not. Because niggas are kill for him too. You know what I'm saying? Right. He gets there. Whatever he tried to do didn't work. He leaves. While he leaving, niggas pulling the heat. That's why he's running. That's why he's running. So he was running to his car. He was getting in his car. You see him in a panic. I saw the video. He's in a panic. Niggas pulling the heat on him. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here. Um, I don't really know exactly what happened, but I because I don't I forgot. Yeah. But you know, it was like niggas was like, bro, get the fuck out of here. He running, and I think the nigga that ended up dying, which was known in Compton. Um, I forget his name. Yeah. But he was known. He was he been out here, street nigga. And he like trying to break it up or something. He's like he's like in between the shit. Chill get in his car, he in a hurry. He runs his friend over and run him over again. Leaving. So first of all, you ain't supposed to be here. So this all proves why Dre banned you from the set. This nigga's trouble. You show yeah. up five minutes and kill a nigga for no reason outside. So this nigga put his car in reverse. Yeah, something it was like pulling out of a spot, run over his friend, you know, running over his head or something. He lived for like a day, I think, and died. But you Shit. know, it, it wasn't on purpose. They did know each other, but still. You ran them over, like... Yeah, it wasn't on purpose, but you killed somebody. You killed somebody when somebody told you, don't even come up here. Yeah, that motherfucker is trouble. Trouble. Trouble all the way through. Um, you know, and... <sighs> Shit be making you wonder, like, dog, like, is it still like that now? Or was it kind of like only like that then, around in that time? Because you got to... You got to align yourself with the right people, like... Wait, uh, yeah, Cube, no, Cube never fucked with Shook. Dre fucked with Shook first mm-hmm. when when he left. And, uh, Dre was the first person to leave from Aftermath. Yeah. Then it was, uh, then it was Snoop, you yeah. know, and the shit just broke down, man. And Snoop's, and well, matter of fact, was on his way out. Yeah. Well, you know what? People say that, but I don't know if that was true because they were doing a whole, uh, like, Death Rose East and Death Rose South, and I think, like, Pac was like the head of that. So I'm not necessarily sure. That was his attempt to unify the West and the East right there. Yeah, that's what it was. It was too late because I think what happened, that's what I was about to say. I think, yeah, when you got an enabler, just like we was talking about Mike Tyson and Customato, I think that Suge was enabling, you know, Pac to, you know, man, keep that pressure on him, man, be on their head. And you doing that shit, then he probably realizing like, because they also said too 
that uh, at one of the award shows. Yep, I already know what you're going to say. Biggie had went up to him like, what the fuck is you doing, bro? <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to sell records. Mm-hmm. And he looking like, what the fuck? Like, you got, this shit ain't funny out here. And mm-hmm. then you see what happened. Man, it, it's scary, man. It Like, that was a that was a scary time to be a rap. You know what? Wow, I was listening to uh, Mace on uh, Rap Radar. Uh, he had a ra- Rap Radar interview. And... Uh, it was a rap radar or Angie Martinez. I don't know. But anyway. Angie Martinez. Yeah. And he was talking about how he was scared around that time because people was getting killed. And he actually was scared to be a rapper. Mm. Because he don't know why niggas get... That's what I'm saying. Like, if the nigga that's orchestrating shit is sitting next to you <laughs> <laughs> and ain't telling you shit, he just ain't here playing beats. You feel me? <laughs> but you looking like one of this nigga artists just got murdered. Ooh. You kind of like... Yeah, I, and especially if you're not cut like that, and clearly Mace was never like that type of nigga. Like yeah. they was hoopers yeah. and just could rap. Like you know what I'm saying. So I'm really not surprised that he was shook. But I mean, even Jay Z talked about it. That was a time where you like niggas ain't knowing what's up. But you got to go get the bag, Mace. <laughs> <laughs> Mace ran for the bag, and, and he ran to the Lord, and you see what happened. And then came back. Yeah, and came back. <laughs> but that's uh. Yeah, that's that's got to be some scary shit, man. I remember those feelings because, like I said, man, we lived through this shit. You know, uh, it's a lot, and it's weird being an engineer because I deal with a lot of young artists who was born in 1999. Like, right, y'all niggas is 20. That's y'all don't crazy. even know about this shit. Like, I remember being in the house when the shit came across the screen that Pop died. Like, bruh, like I remember being in my mom's room, like I was in my cousin's room and my auntie came in the room, like, oh uh, yeah, Pop just died. I'm like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember all of this shit. I remember the Tupac, I mean, the Snoop Dogg case. I remember all that I mean, shit. I remember him. Dog, why do I remember going to school? I want to say Biggie got killed, like, on a school week or so. I remember coming to school the next day and yeah, sitting in class. It was class. March. We was in class. Yeah, and just thinking, like, Biggie, like, Biggie just got killed yesterday. Yeah. What does this mean for my life? <laughs> like, right. You know what I'm saying? I just remember that shit. But it's, right, it, it, like you said, it's crazy to think that people are like 20 years old. They weren't even alive when this yeah. happened. <laughs> and it's like, we were alive and watching shit happen on the news and be like, dang, well, and what And I happened? remember how fucking eerie it felt. Dude, because... Motherfucker, Tupac is like he knew some shit was like he knew yeah. that something was finna happen. And he was putting it in his music. But now I want to say that uh you, you probably know more than me, but Machiavelli, that came out after he was dead, right? Yeah, it came out <laughs> not not long, not long. No, it was like yeah. two weeks after he died. Okay, because yeah. it was ramping up to release this album. When he was dying in the movie, I don't know if this is true, of course, but in the in the elevator on the way down when they was leaving the hotel to go to the club when he when he got killed. He in the elevator singing to his, he like in the in the elevator singing Hail Mary. That wasn't out when he was alive. Right. You know what I'm saying? That means he was just recording that shit just months ago. And this supposed to go on a seven day theory to Machiavelli album. You know what I'm saying? Then he dies. Six days. He's a, he gets he gets killed and laid in the hospital for six days and dies. So and I- releases an album two weeks later called The Seven Day Theory. Machiavelli, which is about a nigga that faked his death and comes back to kill his enemies. What the fuck? That was creepy as what fuck. What is happening, dude? That was scary. I didn't <laughs> want to listen to none of that shit from Pop. I was scared. 
You know what I'm saying? You can't make this shit up, dog. I'm not even 10 at this point. <laughs> and this nigga dead and he's still like, you like for me, you know, art was life. Like I didn't know shit wasn't real. Like right, so right. when I'm watching him on these scary ass videos, what's that one video he had from there? Was it was it was Hail it? Mary? Yeah, that shit, nigga. Yeah. What? I didn't want to watch that. <laughs> How, like what is he doing why is he walking with this is scary to me yeah like man that you know this is the question i wanted to ask you though so after we watching all this shit we get you know, all this insider shit it makes you wonder like damn like i thought it was like they was killing him because he was he, he was telling the truth too much <laughs> no now it makes you wonder like <laughs> you feel me right it makes you wonder like god damn like do do, do, do we just be on this shit because we think, but it ain't really that. It is really your own niggas on some bullshit. Yeah. They probably don't give a fuck about him talking about Machiavelli. I was going to sell. Hell yeah, put it out. It's Tupac. Hell yeah, let's go shoot the video right now. Man, it just it's... makes me so mad. It makes me so mad because I always wonder, like, what would his fucking, what would his career been have been like today? And could you imagine Tupac and motherfucking Kendrick? <laughs> Do you imagine that? Shit brings tears to my eyes. Like... But that's what happens, man. You you lead the earth, and another seed is born mm-hmm. in in place of of you. Like you got Kendrick. I think Kendrick really took that torch. Um, but man, it's only so much you can do as an artist. You know, I just hate that them dudes had to go over that shit. Man. I don't know. I don't know how much you follow Tupac's music. You know, anybody who's really a really Tupac, really heavy Tupac fan, if you pay attention to his music. At the very end, he was rapping on a higher level, dog. Hail Mary is the prime example. One of the last songs he ever made. Mm. You made Hail Mary moments, not moments, but But you know, you made that shit very recent before you died. What the fuck? I mean, that's like one of the hip hop gems, like. Everybody know Hail Mary. I mean, even it ain't even lyrically. It's the sound of the song. Bruh, it's eerie. It's eerie. That damn bell. The bell. The way they even mix his vocals. I don't even. I don't know if you ever noticed the way they made his voice skip. Like there's two of him rapping. Like he's a ghost. Have you oh, see me? What a ghost. His is two of his voices. I I've never heard anybody do that since or before. Oh, I gotta. Uh, it's I gotta like check a that out, very slight delay. Like he's rapping alongside his ghost. Like, why did y'all choose to do this stuff? Like, y'all knew he was gonna die. That's what I'm saying. That should be creepy. This nigga died on Friday the thirteenth. What the fuck is we talking about? <laughs> he died on Friday. He died on Friday the thirteenth, oh, September thirteenth. Right, shot on like what? The sixth. The sixth. Or the, the seventh or something. And, it, and even when he died, they were saying he wasn't dead all time. It was a lot of shit going on with this man. Like. People don't understand. This was a very polarizing time in hip hop. Yes, it this was. This was like, man. After that happened, we really did know what was going on with rap. These was two of the biggest artists at that time. Yep. Them two, and it was like we didn't know what was gonna happen. That would be like Nas and Hove both being killed six months apart in two thousand two. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was like, too. What was going on, man? It, Cause after you know what after they passed away it was like it was still a lot of their music heavy in rotation mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying until like Jay Z came in '98 and kind of like him and X and that whole like Def Jam movement kind of like blew it open in '98 but it was a weird time and like 
from that little like yeah. less than a year it was of like, like a stretch like what's happening what's like? going on like <laughs> what we, do we do right like, now like we ain't finna have no more pop music like this all we got right here this all we got a biggie right here okay what's it's going on it's still shit we haven't heard you know that of course they got albums they supposed to be releasing because they just got cleared or something like somebody might have just obtained the rights or something but it's supposed to be like three more albums worth of shit that we haven't heard uh, how many albums did they release after he passed away um like at this point think like five or six <laughs> loyal to the game Born, born to whatever fuck. Dying um, to live. Dying to like live. That. Yeah, all type of shit. They released all type of shit, man. Um, Remember they, they, they had Eminem produce. Um, that's Lord to the Game, I think. No, nah, that was that that's, was that uh, was. Why are we dying to yeah. live? For the that was a soundtrack for the Reservoir yeah. or Tupac Resurrection. Yeah, um, Eminem on a production. I have definitely shared tears over the Tupac murder. The biggest shit didn't bother me as much because it wasn't as mysterious. I think. It was like that seemed a little more cut and dry, even though we don't know what the fuck. Biggie happened. was always really talking like like killing and murder shit yeah. and like rob shit in yeah. his music. Like that's the thing. Like for me, like you know what? And I remember like when I had first started working at Chrysler, I was talking to this uh this older dude. I want to say he's probably like if I'm like twenty five, he's probably like thirty eight. And he was like, and I was telling him, he was talking about, you know, Pac and shit. And I was like, man, you know, coming up for me, like, I was never like a super Pac fan. And to me, you know, he was like a gangster. He was like, he'll kill you. Right. You know, that's what I thought. And he was like, man, he was like, nah, see, he like, that's just how the media portrayed it. He like, real niggas knew that real niggas knew the message behind Pac's uh, music. Yep. But all that was promoted was him spitting at the camera, him cursing everybody out, him getting arrested, him getting shot. This happened, like, to me, that was Tupac. Yep. At the time, I had to go back and revisit a little bit. Like, I always like songs like Keep Your Head Up and shit like that. Yeah, But I was never, like, a, a super fan to really look past what the media was uh, portraying uh, of him. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear how they mixed his record. Listen to the production, but also listen to how they mixed his vocals in the, the record in general. This is... This, this doesn't make any sense, dog. How do you have a song like this months before you die, dog? Listen to the shit. What he's saying? What the fuck are you saying? This is the creepiest shit I've ever heard in my life. Do you want to ride or die? La da 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 da. Like even even though he ain't saying nothing right there, it's just so fucking creepy. That sounds like uh, you gonna die. Like, like right, you die. that almost remind me of like that scary ass little jingle for Freddy Krueger. Right. Like it's a scary jingle. Right. But don't push me. Revenge is like the sweetest joy next to getting pussy. Picture paragraphs unloaded. Wise words being quoted. Beat the weakness in the rap game and sold it. Bow down, pray to God, hoping that he's listening. See a niggas coming for me. My diamonds. You heard his voice, though? Yeah. Attention, best man, please, father. I'm a ghost. If it's chilling, feels hell, Mary. If I go, let's go deep inside the solitary. Oh my God, this shit. Yeah. This shit sends chills through me 22 years later. What the fuck? I used to be scared to hear that song. This says chills to me. The greatest nigga to ever do this rap shit, bro. I don't give a fuck what you say. I don't, we ain't talking lyrics. There's nobody who's ever made this impact on me. 
Nobody, not even close. Because it's just like otherworldly shit. This is like the stuff of legends. We talking about a nigga who predicted his death and lived like he knew it was a rap. Right. I'm gonna record every day. In the in the in the show, Suge Knight walks into the studio. They're like, how many songs you got done, Pac? Pac, like, I think I just did 22. He just got signed yesterday. I just did 22 songs. Suge, like, yeah, Dre taking a year to do one song. You just did 22. Shit, real. Like, what type of nigga works like that? In 96. A workhorse, man, because he understood, like, this shit is fleeting. It can go at any moment. You exactly. can go at any moment. And especially what he was standing for. We seen the video of him in the studio, like, man, you can leave the engineers in here to work all night on the fucking mix. Fuck all that. I'm trying to get to this fucking music. And the was he lying? Dog, like, what he the wasn't fuck, lying. dog? Man, dude was just, he was ahead of his time and ahead of the game. I've never felt anything like this. The, the feeling I just got here in Hell Mary. This is nineteen. This is 2019. And I'm hearing a song that was recorded probably in 95, 96. <laughs> and it's killing me right now. Like This makes me so fucking mad that this nigga had to die on some dumb ass on shit. On some even, dumb ass shit. Even though he, he definitely poured fuel on that fire too. But right. He didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve to die, man. I mean, and then, you know, another crazy thing I was thinking about before we wrap this shit up. He was 25. I'm 30. Bruh. I still feel younger than he is. Bruh. He got shot at, at like 23. The right. first time. Yeah, the first like, time. This nigga was very young. When I was 23, I wasn't going through anything close to this much. No. Time. Biggie was 24 when he died. I didn't even know that. I thought they he was 25, young, 26. They were young. 24? I look at niggas who 24 today like... Bro, you they, young as fuck, dog. But you don't look at Pac like you a little bro, nigga. Bro, they was, they was, was, the game was different then, man. A 25-year-old, man. Like, motherfuckers was barely living a 25. Right. So, for they were... They pretty much... They pretty much ended exactly what the statistics say. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. So, it, it it's crazy, but... I agree, too, though. I actually didn't... Like, that really didn't sink in for me until I got to 25. Like I Until I got to that age, and I'm like, wait. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like they, like them. Like, and then for Pac to be as militant-minded as he was, and, like, as, like, he, he was passionate about the struggle with black folks, like, at 25? Nigga, I, duh. Shit, before that, because a exactly. two, two apocalypse now came out in, like, 92. So you talking about this nigga was like 21, 20. Bro. <laughs> that's really that's that's really amazing, dog. Like as as his voice, man, just what he stood for. And he just wasn't he he wasn't going back down. Two apocalypse now. I want to see what it was. And it was crazy too. I remember him saying how he was like, My music has always been about uplifted people. And like now I'm in I'm in court for rape. <laughs> like I thought that was a bunch of bullshit, too. That's when he knew, like, yo, these niggas is out there. So it's like, whether it was, uh, at you know, whether it was um, really just, like, a combination of both things between the bad boy camp and death row, and it was, like, the powers that be probably, like, you know what I'm saying, this nigga, we got to throw some dirt on his name. I believe it. It's just unfortunate that, like, man, to hear about Puffy being a part of that shit. Like, dog, what are y'all doing, man? Like, y'all niggas couldn't just get money. Y'all couldn't just leave it at that. You on the West. You on the East. That's Suge's fault, though, man. 
It is Suge's fault. It's Suge's fault, because he definitely um, instigated that whole shit for the sake of his legacy, which he don't even get to enjoy now. Man, you know what else, too? Another clip on that tape I was talking about breaking the oath. Where they uh, was showing an interview with Vibe and Puffy and Big, it was uh, they was also uh, showed the clip uh, because I think uh, the night before Pot got killed, it was a war show, right? It was a uh, MTV war show, yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, that's, yeah, that's when they showed the stuff about him falling out with Snoop. Yeah, and there was uh, it was an interview with him and Snoop, and they was talking. Well, Snoop wasn't talking, and once again, yeah, because you. You could tell it was something between them, like. Duh. But see, it wasn't like a. I don't know. Well, on the tape, they were saying that what they think it was is that Snoop knew what was going to happen to Pac. Huh. They were like, they don't think that it was like secrets to some people that shit was going to pop off. They was like, Snoop was just sitting there, like. He was looking sad. He yeah, was- he just was looking like, nigga. Right. Like, nigga, I'm just letting this nigga talk. That look you have in your face like, exactly right yeah, there. Like, let me look. just get the fuck on. Like, yeah. let me just let this nigga talk and then get on. Because, like, you never know what's going on. Like, like they also touched on on the... Uh, they said he told him not to go to LA, to Vegas. They said, Pop, they said Snoop told him, don't go. Don't go to Vegas. And then he went anyway. Um, the, Him and Snoop fell out because Snoop was in the public saying, you know, Big is my homeboy. Right. And Pac, like, man, you, you need to choose a fucking side. Right. We doing America's Most Wanted talking about all this cuz, blood, gang, bang. And then you on TV side with my motherfucking enemy. So in that interview, the interview talking about what I always heard was that behind the scenes, they had a little argument or something. And then that's why in that, in that, that interview, Pac is sort of over talking Snoop and Snoop is sort of like, man, this nigga crazy. Like. I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to talk. Just let right. this nigga talk. Okay, and then, I didn't know that backstory. But that can make sense too. You know? But it's just either way, this nigga just sitting there looking like I know something and I'm uncomfortable. So whether it's like you approaching me because I'm I'm talking this shit in public, which yeah, you can't do that shit, especially back then. I feel him. Or if it's like even yet and still, we probably had that conversation, but I nigga, don't go to Vegas. <laughs> you don't want to listen to me. All right. I'm trying to tell you that I'm good with Biggie. Okay. Right. You might, you know what I'm saying? You might want to follow my lead, bro. Right. That's probably what he's telling you. You might want to follow my nigga. Fuck all that shit. Don't go to Vegas. They on your head. Fuck that. I'm going to Vegas. Can't nobody stop. And then that's what be happening, man. Sometimes you got to put that pride to the side, dog. That shit will get you killed. Clearly. It's just like, it's not worth it. Like, man, it. it it really was not worth him dying for this shit, man. I don't care what nobody says. It wasn't. Yeah. Because he had a lot more to give us all. Way more. A lot This nigga more. was acting. He was doing all type of shit, man. Yep. And it's like, he's gone for nothing. Yep. Just for us to keep playing his music and deify him and shit. All right, I understand that. That's all cool. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yep. that's cool. But it's like, look how they do. Look at that movie. That movie was trash. That movie was not showing a real Tupac. That movie was just, uh, it was aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. It was a nigga that looked like Tupac. The summarization. That had, uh, they had everything down to the T. They get this nigga in the car hot onesie and whatever, the, the vest and all that. Y'all put, he looked just like him. <laughs> he said onesie. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> at the end of the day, 
Y'all didn't do uh, Pac's character and his career no justice with that film. That's trash. And, mm. let, and let me tell you what's going to happen. That shit's going to keep happening. It's going to get to a point where it's going to be a goddamn TV movie on Tupac and this bitch going to be so whitewashed it's going to be terrible. It's going to be a white Tupac? It's going to be a, <laughs> no, gonna be a, a light skin. It's going to be old complexion and shit. 50 years from now and shit. <laughs> with braids and shit like... <laughs> Seriously though. And this is what they do, man. They destroy our legends, dog. And we just fall for it. Like, <sighs> that shit, it's deep, bro. It's deep, man. But I, I definitely feel like it wasn't worth Pac passing away for it, man. It, it just, it wasn't. And that's why, you know, people be trying to look at Jay-Z and you'd be like, nigga, why would, why would I go get killed for the shit? <laughs> would y'all want me to be try to be a great, like, I'm going to talk my shit and show y'all how to move how I moved. This is how I did it. This is how I got out. This is how I built my wealth my way. But at the same time, I still can tell y'all, like, nigga, it's all black. It's all love. Y'all know what it is, but I ain't got to be out in this bitch trying to be aggressive. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that shit don't work. Right. And like you said, it just fed into it. And I, then when he passed away, we don't know what's going on. It's just, man, it's nasty, dog. Yeah, nasty as fuck. I ain't even know he's going to go there with the pot. I couldn't help but talk about it. Like, I, I have an unhealthy obsession with him. And it isn't so much about him, but it's about this this story that we all watched unfold in real life. Right. That you can't even make up if you wanted to. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Here, nigga, is basically descendants of Black Panthers. How are you a descendant of the Black Panthers? And then you have a life like this. This shit is like... If, if I was born in 2050, I wouldn't even believe this shit. Right. Why would you? Like, if I was born if I was born 100 years after Pac lived, I wouldn't even believe that this shit was true. You know how you hear the story like, we know motherfucking George Jefferson cut down a motherfucking cherry tree. I cannot tell a lie. I said George Jefferson. George, <laughs> George Washington cut down a tree, and then I, I can't tell a lie. And you hear all the shit about Abraham Lincoln. You're like, man, that shit's probably like... yeah. They make it. They adding sauce yeah, to it. Yeah, they adding shit. The shit that you hear about Tupac, it's like dog. It really happened like that. It was really a mystery. It it was really a mystery when he passed away. It was all type of kind. We didn't even believe he was dead. Niggas <laughs> was believing dog because he kept like you got to understand like this is happening when people don't know how the inner workings of music works. Like we don't know like. Nigga is really sitting. Yeah, right, right. We don't know he's sitting on 10 albums right, that he right. probably feeling like, ah, that ain't that good. We're gonna use these 16 tracks for this album. We drop this. We don't know nigga got 500 songs in the vault. Right. So all of a sudden it's like two, three years later, this nigga is still releasing shit. You like, <laughs> the fuck going on, bro? Right. Where the fuck, right? Where's this shit coming from? And then, but listen. But at the same token, Biggie only released like two albums so that just shows like it was a different type of workhorse yep with Pac like man that guy I, I don't even know if Big has unreleased music I think they uh they released it already didn't they I know they released some bad boy shit with some verses on it but it was, oh, it was like just verses. it wasn't much you know what I'm saying I almost don't feel like he recorded it a lot I don't know. He couldn't I, have. It just don't seem it like sound he did. Like, it sounded like when him and Diddy went to the studio, it was like, we have the juicy beat. We got a hit. Just write this. Boom. And that's it. Now we're going to finish go, on a production. Now we're going to go perform at the Soul Train Awards. Now we're going to shoot video. 
and then we're going to push this motherfucker for nine months. Right. Whereas the Especially pop- because music worked way different then than it does now. Exactly. So you can sit on a record for a year and a half and eat off that bitch. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So he like, shit, we go to the studio with one purpose. Tupac in the studio playing a numbers game. I'm sitting down with a thousand beats or niggas is making beats next to me while I'm working on the next record. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just in this bitch. It's free. I can stay out the streets doing this shit. Man, you know what? Oh, two, man. It's, damn, it's just... It's, gonna have to be a part two, man. <laughs> yeah, we can... We could definitely talk some more about this. I'm always down to talk about Tupac shit. I, I, like I said, bro. It was just crazy because I remember uh, like on a uh, on a movie with Pac or whatever, how uh, they were showing how he was taking money from, you know, the henchmen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was watching uh, MC8 on Vlad TV and he was just like, he felt Pac went backwards. These are all people that's Pac age and older. Yeah. I fucks with MC8. He like Pac went backwards when he started fucking with the gangsters. Because he's already passed that. Because we And then we know you're not a gangster, so it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to line yourself with these niggas? And man, it's, it's so, that's what I'm saying, it's so many layers, man, and it's like... And that's why I thought the Orlando shit happened in the MGM Casino, because that was like him trying to, like, yeah, I'm about to show these niggas I'm down. Like, I'm gonna yeah. go over here and stump this nigga out. I ain't got nothing to do with this. No. But I'm gonna show him I'm riding with Pyru. So I'm gonna stump them niggas out. Even though Pac, and that's what somebody else said. I don't remember who said it, but they like, I don't think he knew who he was fucking with when he was fucking with Orlando. Right. This is not no rap shit. These is killers. Right. That's all they do. There's nothing else. Right. You the rapper. You the rapper. You the outcast. These are killers. That's yeah. all they do. Yeah. So <laughs> they was like, I don't think he understood what he was getting himself into that day. Nigga, not that day, but period. Where you're trying to really align you yourself go. with that. And that's like with that, like uh even when they talk about like Chris Brown and Soldier Boy and shit, like I understand like y'all would want um to feel safe in these neighborhoods and you know what I'm saying? But it's like it's not worth you really trying to get caught up in some shit and your head crack. Right. Like these niggas just be extorting y'all. That's how I feel. Nigga, mm. it's all good if you bringing us bread, but once you stop. Niggas gonna be on your head. That's how I feel. Like if I've never, I ain't rep no gang set. And if I ever got rich and famous, nigga, I would not start repping the gang set out of nowhere. Like I don't see Big Sean over in Cali talking about blood and all this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's a good point. Like so, it's like I just think that uh, it's it, it was sensationalized because Chris Brown is around our age, so he was alive when this shit was happening. That type of shit is sensationalized. You look. Oh shit, he's blood, he's gay, this, that, oh, and it's like you want to be a part of that shit. You want to throw up air. Who want it? It looks sweet. It Every, do look sweet. You want to stack your set? That even shit though, looks sweet. Even though what you a part of don't got shit to do with that. Right. All that shit. Oh, all them niggas that founded that cloth of gangsterism is dead. Dead. You know what I'm saying? It's OGs left, but they ain't out here rocking like they was 25 years ago. Right, you know what I'm saying. So all that shit is like, like you said, it do look sweet. It's very appealing, and that's why even white America, yeah, white America's in love with this shit too. They just quiet about it. They love gangsters too. But yeah, it ain't ain't worth it. Like you yeah, said, you worth. fuck around and you done stumped out the wrong nigga. And that's exactly what happened. You ain't see, you ain't make it through the night. <laughs> no niggas is on your head that night. Like boy, <laughs> that's man. People just don't people just don't be knowing, man. That's that's. 
That's how I feel like it was a power trip. Like, man, at the end of the day, Tupac is human. You know what I'm saying? I think he had the best intentions. I think he, you know, he really was, I think he really felt in his heart of hearts, uh, you know, the things that he said about black people. I think he really felt like that, but I think he got caught up in the power. You know what I'm saying? You start making a little bit more money. You know, you 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 kind of feeling like I'm Tupac. I can align these people. I can align these people. I can align these people. You know people. what? And that's right. I don't even want to say he got lost. I don't think he got lost. I think he's a lot more intelligent than we give him credit for. Mm-hmm. What you just said is what I think he was trying to do. He was trying to align himself with a movement that would allow him to be powerful. Yeah. So, but it was the wrong movement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got involved with some shit that was bigger than you, and it and it killed you. Uh, but. I remember seeing this interview of a girl crying. She was like, I used to love Tupac when he rapped about Brenda's got a baby and all of this black power mm-hmm. shit. And then he got lost. He got lost. Yeah. Talking about the rape shit. And then Tupac like, no. He even responded to this in a way. I don't think he responded directly to that. But in a way, he's like, you know, I'm out here riding for my people doing all this shit. Then this black woman is the one that accused me of raping her. Right. That I didn't even do. So then you kind of got to look at it like that. Like, maybe he wasn't lost. Maybe this nigga was jaded. Right. Maybe his feelings was hurt. He like, I'm riding for these niggas. And then I get shot and quad by niggas. And don't nobody know what's happening. And then I'm in I'm in Brooklyn or whatever I'm at. And niggas can't even tell me. Niggas don't fuck with me enough to be like, yo, I know who that was, bro. Right. You know what else <laughs> was, was crazy? I didn't realize, too, that when he got shot, they came down and they, they yeah, so he got, he didn't get shot in the elevator. He got shot in the he lobby. He got shot in the lobby outside the elevator. I, I, but then Puffy and him or Biggie and him came down. No, he and, went up. Oh, he went up into, okay, so yeah, he was in a room or some shit like that. Like, I didn't even know. They said he walked in bleeding. <laughs> he came up there after he got shot. Wow, bleeding. <laughs> bleeding. That's what, I, that's what I heard. So he probably looking like this nigga Lil C's, looked out the window, called me up, and I get shot in the lobby. Nigga just come in the room and everybody just looking at this nigga like, dog, is you good? And that's what they alluded to in this in this movie. And I think they did it in the Tupac movie too. He came up in the room and he seen one of the niggas who robbed him in the room. Oh, and before, shit. I think he blacked out upstairs. He came upstairs. He took the elevator upstairs and walked in all bloody and shot. And he passed out. This is at least how they portrayed it. He's passing out and he looking like that's the nigga right there. Right. In the room with them. And niggas sort of looking at him crazy like what the fuck is this nigga? He live? What is he doing up here? Right. That's just what I saw. I don't, you know, I wasn't there of course. But that that that's a crazy situation. But it and, and that and, and I guess that was when Biggie was like, you know, in response to that Biggie like, man, you get shot, your head spinning, man. You don't know what's going on. Cuz Biggie is like, nigga, I'm not trying to have nobody killed. You know what I'm saying? Right. I really, like, Biggie don't know what the fuck. Nigga, you got shot downstairs. You came up to the room. We called the, called the ambulance. Like, that's what the fuck I know. But, like you said, man, it's, it's, I feel Biggie on that. Like, bro, you just got shot. <laughs> like, you probably, you, you know what I'm saying? You probably think, don't know what's going on. I don't think Biggie has shit to do with none of that. I don't and either. And that's why Flunk, Funk, Funk Flex whole ass was so mad. Cause he like, you niggas lie. Like Biggie ain't had shit to do with that. That was your friend. He was like trying to kill the shit and you kept going. Right. 
And he like, Biggie wasn't on none of that shit, Biggie. <laughs> you lie. You lie. <laughs> you niggas worship him. <laughs> I can't lie. stand Funk Fly. I really hate yeah, that he's nigga. he's trash. He was in the show, too, uh, with his non-acting ass. Yeah, he's trash. He in there like, how you don't know how to play yourself? The nigga in there like, so big, what happened with you and your friend Pop? Like, dog. He <laughs> can't play yourself. <laughs> like, how you can't play yourself in a movie? Goddamn. But, dog, like, that's deep, man. But, I mean... And, and but Pac was partially right, and so was Biggie. It seems like maybe that nigga, it was that nigga, and the nigga ain't expecting Pac to come up the stairs He's in like, the room. Damn, like what the fuck, right? Because the thing is, I mean, we talking about hood niggas, and we know how that go. Everybody know everybody in the hood, right? Like I know niggas, and that no niggas that know no niggas. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even be in the mix, but it's just that easy. So the niggas that Rob Pac, like you said, probably wouldn't expect this nigga to come upstairs. So he probably like, shit, I know big. I know they upstairs. Let me just go up here to hide right. out real quick. Right. I'm about to die. Right. All I know is Biggie and I'm up there. <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm saying? I get up to this bitch. I come in the room. I'm shot the fuck up. I look over. I see a nigga like, dog, this is the nigga that just... This is one of the... But you out the... You know what I'm saying? You fucked up. You losing blood. You pass out. Dog, that shit is so crazy. Like... This nigga, what, like, he wasn't tripping. He probably was not tripping. He probably was not hallucinating that. He probably right. did see that nigga in there. And like you said, nigga, Biggie, you claim you the fucking king of NY and you don't know shit? Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Some fishy. Some fishy. Damn, that shit is crazy, dog. This shit is on, like, this is on some Lucky Luciano real Italian gangster level shit to me, like, I just can't believe this shit, man. Especially watching the show. Please watch the show, bro. It's I gotta watch it. Deep as fuck. I, I I still can't believe what I was seeing. But uh, it was all type of killing surrounding this Biggie Pop shit that happened afterwards that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, too. a lot of people. Yeah, like the uh, one dude from the Outlaws. Like, from the Outlaws. Uh, yeah. Got killed recently. Like, I mean, not recently, nah, but soon after. Soon after, after yeah, yeah. Like well, a week. Yeah. Something like that. Um. There's a lot of people in LA. People was dying left and right though. The Pyrus and the the Pyrus and the motherfucking Southside Crips was worn it out after that for like a week. They said it was like every day several people was dying after that. That shit crazy. Um, but yeah, man, we can wrap this shit up. Damn. Uh, we've been at this motherfucker for a long time. Uh, I had the pock shit in my back pocket because I knew this was gonna have some meat to it. The conversation. <laughs> Um, rest in peace to Pac rest in peace to Big man yeah man greats in the game I'll never get over that shit you nah, know that shit is it's eerie I'll never get over it um just want to make sure I run through my notes right quick make sure there's something else I want to rattle off before I finish this episode 17 we getting up there um as tired as I am I still be showing up and so do you sir um social boy got married two chains uh Let's hear this right quick. That nigga Havoc finally did rush. Hey, yo, check this Rhythm out. Rhythm Roulette. Yeah, Havoc finally did Rhythm Roulette. I think people have been waiting for him. That for a long time. I'm going to sit down and watch that. What's rhythm with that when you play different beats? Well, no, when you show up and you pick three random records, blindfolded in the record shop, take it home, try to flip whatever samples you can find on any one of the three records. You hey. got it. It's got to be random. Um, 
that's actually on Mass Appeal, which is Nas's network on YouTube and shit. But um, that's yeah, dope. man, I gotta watch that. Make sure y'all watch that. All you producers out there, um, just real quick, I've been really this today. Today, this week's been a really heavy work week. I've been mixing the album. I've been getting more sessions than I have in a long time. Um, I've just been working, working, working real heavy this week. So Babylon Studios is growing. I appreciate y'all getting new equipment in this motherfucker. Um, I'm, I just ordered some motherfucking Philips Hue lights. And for all you niggas who be in the studio, the, the nice studios, y'all know what that shit look like. Niggas <laughs> right. just pull out their phone and change the motherfucking color of the room and shit. I'm trying to get on y'all level, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Piece Turn, by piece, baby. Piece by piece. I just ordered some lights. Now, we ain't, we're just going to ignore all the other problems. We got <laughs> lights in this bitch. Like, what no, about but, this big ass hole with a- <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, I'm trying though, man. Fuck all fuck all that. They gotta drop the mic through the hole and wrap in the basement and shit. <laughs> hey, that'd be cold better right there. Nah, but yeah, I appreciate everybody who booking and, and calling me for their services and advice, whatever. Um, yeah, man, it's the God's Watch, episode 17. You are gods, we're gods. We're all gods and all right. Um Yeah. Another one in the books. The gods are watching. We out. Yeah.